Hey, welcome to Craft Conversations, where I craft a conversation and I talk a little bit about craft beer. I am your host, Brian Dales, and I'm sitting here with Leah. Hey, what's up, Leah? How you doing, buddy? I sat down tonight with Corey Dalton Tate. Yeah, he's got three names. So what? What do you think about it? Uh, we talked about uh, what we talk about. We talked about religion. Politics, sex, drugs, rock and roll, all the fucking things you're not supposed to talk about. And guess what? It was a great fucking show. We did um, almost three hours. I think once I edit it, it might be a little bit less than that. But definitely the number one uh, length show that I've ever done on this podcast in almost two years. So there you go. Enjoy this podcast. And by the way... If you're looking for some property management, some property service, and uh, it's a commercial property and you're looking to expand that property and maybe do some maintenance, do some construction, do some expansion, <clears throat> look no other, uh, look no further, I'm sorry, than Lutz Property Services. They provide handyman services. They uh, provide prevent, prevent pre- I can't even say that fucking word preventative maintenance plans and interior renovation to commercial facility owners, uh, property managers, and their teams throughout South Carolina. So if you're looking to improve your business and uh, expound on what you already have established, look no further than Lutz Property Services. And, uh, you know, I know Brandon. He's a good guy. I see him all the time. He is fantastic. He is personable. He is honest. And I like him a lot. So go to Lutz Property Services to get any of your commercial needs addressed. There you go. Enjoy this episode. 42? I don't even remember what the fuck 42 was. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go look at episode 42 now. Whatever the Slayton Johnson episode was, that was the one I listened to. Oh, is that 42? I don't know if it's 42. It's, it's back there, though. It's... New channel, videos... It's way back there, actually. Wasn't it? you went all the way... 42. Oh, that's the, um... That's the one I do with my son, actually. Oh, that one? My, my older son. And then you did if that's the one you're listening to, it's 42. I listened to that one, 42, and then and then Slayton Johnson like right after it. Okay. So I don't know which how far because I was scrolling through and I was like, oh, let me just hit one, and then I saw Slayton's name. And I was like, oh, I went to college with that guy. Yeah, and Slayton was a few episodes back from that, but um, maybe I woke up and, and realized it was on 42. Maybe I'm trying to think now. Let's that's what see. Happens, I already had a dream about this last night. Oh yeah. Yeah, I already knew what I was gonna say, and then I forgot when I woke up. Yeah, episode 22 was um, the last one I did with uh, with Caleb Choir. So if you're listening to 42, that's one of my first um, episodes I did with a guest after Caleb left. And that happened to be my older son. So I called it Brian Dale Squared. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, because you're, you're a senior. He's a junior. Yeah, Brian and Brian. So, yeah. Cool, man. I'm that's glad sweet, you... Uh, that was one of the things, um, speaking of Caleb, when we used to do this show, is we used to invite people in and stuff. And the whole moniker was we wanted to have uh, influential, interesting, and fun guests. That was it. So it didn't, you didn't have to be a part. You know, it's, it's craft conversation. So originally it was kind of about craft beer a little bit, but we kind of veered away from that 
Uh, we still talked about craft beer every show, but um, it was really just about interesting. Um, what the fuck did I just say? Um, interesting, <laughs> influential, and fun guests. So we just had people on. We've well, gotten um, at least one. I'm influential. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I'm just we'll, we'll see if you're interesting or fun. Yeah, right. No. But, um, yeah, so we're recording. Fuck. I don't yeah. know. Um, whenever you want. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're started. We're done. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. We already started. Yeah, yeah so we're drinking. Uh, Corey doesn't drink. This is Corey Dalton Tate, by the way. Do you go by that full name? I mean, No, no. Um, actually, the story behind Corey Dalton Tate on Facebook was um, I set that back in, like, 2007 whenever I started Facebook. And it was, like, my way of being, like, all right, if you're going to be on my Facebook, you have to know me. Right. And, like, knowing my middle name, like, I never say my middle name ever. So, if you know my middle name, you know who I am. And then they just kind of spawned into, like, people calling me Corey Dalton Tate. Cool. And I'm like, all right. All right, cool. I'll take it. So, yeah. But I usually just go as Corey Tate. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I always refer to you as Corey Dalton Tate just because that's the way I know you. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so, this is Corey Dalton Tate. Um, he does not drink at the moment. We'll get into that a little bit later. So, we're drinking some unsweet tea from uh, Lowe's Foods. Uh, I go over there quite often just to... To have a few beers at the uh, beer den over there because I used to work over there and I, I still know quite a few people over there at the store. So I figured these were kind of cute and it's non-alcoholic and I like it. I like it. I, used I to think fl- everybody I can appreciate tea. Hopefully, you're not off of uh, caffeine as well. I don't know. Oh no, I'm not straight edge man. That'd be crazy. <laughs> but I don't think I've ever had their tea actually. But no, it's great. Let's cheers. Cheers. Cheers on the tea. It's unsweetened tea. It's actually way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's just classic yeah. tea. Yeah. You know, you get a lot of those bottled teas like um, Honest Tea and whatever all these tea companies are. I don't know. I, I can't even think of any off the top of my head. But they always put that citric acid in there. It's kind of a preservative to kind of keep make it last longer. And it always has that kind of lemony. Yeah, like tangy. Tangy yeah. flavor. And I'm not a big fan of that. I like just a classic, you know, if it's unsweetened, just a classic Very fresh tea flavor. Yeah. Well, if you like teas, I don't know if they make an unsweet. I think they do. Look up a brand called Joe Tea. It's really good. Joe. We sell it. Yeah, we sell it in my store. Um, shameless plug, Benny Palmettos. <laughs> what is it? Benny Palmettos. Benny? Benny. Yep. Benny. B-E-N-N-Y. Uh, Palmettos. It's a store in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Now, I know we're coming from Somerville area right now, um, but it's a small pizza shop and. That is my day job. That is what I do. I sling dough. Okay. I manage that. It's pretty fun. We're opening up a... Yeah, I was going to ask you. Is that what's coming to Summerville? Yeah, that's what's coming to Summerville right now from Homegrown. We're going to have a little beer bar as well, but it's going to be more of the everyday vibe, not like the I want something weird and crazy vibe. It's going to be like, I'm going to go there and grab a slice of pizza and a Bud Light. That kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. And I, I apologize, I got a little stain on my shirt, man. I had some food before I came over here at Dog and Duck, and I was going to change my shirt, and I said, no, that will be interesting for the show. I have a big stain on my shirt. And I thought you spilled that. Maybe it distract you. No, this was happened before you got here. I tried to wash it off and blow dry it, and it's a grease stain, I think, so it's going to be there until I wash it. you got to remember not to cough into the mic, cough over here. No, cough wherever you want to, man, as <laughs> long as you don't have the coronavirus. That's uh, well, no, I mean, not yet. Yeah. It's going around, man. So I don't even remember why I know you or how I met you. I don't. I really don't recall. I mean, I'm sure it was a roundabout way through friends of friends or whatever. But do you remember? Honestly, you know what? That is the story 
of how everyone meets me. Nobody remembers how they meet me. Really? I rarely ever remember how I meet people. Um, I would say the defined moment where I like remember, remember like, okay, this is who this person is. Is the night that you came out to see me at Juju, right? Um, and you're sitting at the bar. That was like the moment where I was like, okay, this is who Brian Dale Senior is. Like, this right. is who he is. Um, I want to say maybe from Ice House. I'm not sure, but but I definitely when I was going to sleep last night, I remember that uh, specifically that I was out at Ala Palms and I saw that you were playing at that Juju's, and I came back from Ala Palms and decided to stop in there and check you out. But I think I remember. I was trying to piece it together myself, and um, maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of musician friends, so I'm sure it was just, you were a musician, and somehow we just kind of linked up and added each other long, somehow, yeah. but I want to say it was from Benjamin, uh, whatever his fucking name is, Woba Jukowski, or... <laughs> yeah, Ben somewhere is what I call him, that's what he goes by. Whenever I try to say his last name, I just... Pretend like I'm trying to throw up, yeah. and then that's how I get it. Right. Love you, Ben. By the way, if you're listening to this, yeah, Ben's cool dude. But I think that's <laughs> I how I, I think that's how I met you, and maybe you had said something on one of his posts or something. I don't know, but you were kind of down and out at the time, and I remember mm-hmm. just kind of hitting you up with a couple positive, yeah, yeah, affirmation type that. things or yeah. some bullshit. What was that? And um, then I decided to just come out and support you one night at the at the uh, Juju's, and uh, that was a good time. That's the first time I'd ever been there. Since it had changed, I think it was a sushi joint at uh, one point before that. So, and sadly, it is they're not more. there. Yeah, yeah, they're not there, right? Yeah, whatever happened, whatever happened in the business plan of it, <clears throat> you know, I tend to believe that some business, like some buildings, not businesses, but just some locations are just cursed. I mean, you look at where it's at. It would take something super specific to get people to go right next to bottles and sit there and eat. Great looking restaurant, beautiful layout. Yeah, just didn't work for some reason. Like, and great, great food. Everything about it screams I should work, and it just didn't get, didn't take off. Yeah, I had so, a good time the night I was there. It was uh, like Caribbean or something, right? Caribbean, Caribbean food. Yeah. How you say that? Caribbean or Caribbean? Dude, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Really, I just didn't know if you this had a specific people, way. This is what people are like: caramel, caramel. I'm like, I don't shit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Okay, then fuck you. Right. Yeah, it works. <laughs> That's how I, I, I do that all the time. When people are like, I'll say the wrong thing, and they'll be like, you mean this? And I was like, did you know what I was talking about? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah, so <laughs> why, why are we discussing that? Yeah, that's a good point. I like that, though. I'm um, not, man, but like, I'm actually excited to do what we're about to do here, because I mean, I feel like we're warming up, you know, like uh, doing the pre-coitus talk. Um, speaking of coitus, that's what we're going to... Talk about it's a fancy word for fucking. Okay. You need to. I didn't need to know, know we were getting into that, but. Yeah. Well, not us. Okay. No, not us. All right, I guess. I guess. <laughs> this isn't like casting couch or anything. <laughs> uh, but no, like we're going to get into the taboos of, of bar life, of the bar scene. And you being a bartender um, for a long time and me being in the bar scene for a long time. And there's a couple things that like you're not supposed to talk about and you're not supposed to say and you're not supposed to like really get into. Um, because, A, when you're drinking, you get a little bit more heated easily, or you get a little bit more loose-lipped. Um, so, politics, sex and drugs, and um, religion. And okay. all three of those things I know a lot about. So, um, maybe not as much in politics, but the other two definitely. Right. Um, well, let's start off to begin with. I mean, who is Corey Dalton Tate 
I mean, we've talked about music, I guess, a little bit. So you want to go into that first or you want to save yeah. that for later? I mean, yeah, I how, mean do you, how do you want this direction to go? We can probably pepper in who I am throughout okay. throughout the whole thing because, I mean, I could do two hours just on me. Um, being being an alcoholic and a, and a recovering drug addict, being um, self-centered is super easy. So we can talk about me all day, but essentially who I am as a person now versus who I was, um, who I am now is – and keep, keep that mic a little oh, right, closer to you. Right here. You don't have to lean into it. Just right. it moves. Just pull it to you. Pull it. Whatever. Oh, I got you. Oh, there cool. You yeah. I was afraid of it. I was like, oh, yeah, there I want to touch this because I have a boisterous voice and I breathe really heavy. Like, That's fine. That's part of the show, man. <laughs> Burp if you want to. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> That's in, we're going into the quarters <laughs> thing already. Okay. Um, so basically, who I am now. Um, who I am now. Is a person that's really focused on living the best life he can live, regardless of if that's, if that's music, as a pizza shop manager, as a volunteer doing something, just literally waking up every day and seizing the day. Carpe the fuck out of that DM. Um, who I was is a person that would literally wake up every day and want to be so successful in music that he was willing to like throw people under the bus, pretend to care about other musicians. Um, same thing with work. Throw people under the bus. Pretend to care about other coworkers, and it's a really weird shift that you make whenever you get, I mean, emotionally beat down so much from the life that you're living that you realize you're either gonna die or you're gonna become the person that you are like begging to be, and that's kind of like where the transition happened for me and where I'm going now. So, okay. Um, well, why? Um... Why were you that person to begin with? The person that you're talking about that threw, threw people under the bus, whatever. Is that an upbringing thing or is it something that you were raised with? No, definitely Schooling, not. friends you hung out with? I mean, what kind of thought process was that? I mean, honestly, you know what it was? Um, I was a pissed off little kid in a man's body. Like, I was brought up right. You know, I had a pretty good home. Taught, taught the right things. Taught to be successful. Taught how to, you know, how to talk, how to act, how to be polite how to care about other people. Um, and then I got to a point in my in my college years where I met a girl and I thought we were going to get married and I was like in love with her. Or I thought I was in love. It was the first girl I ever really loved. Um, and it didn't work out. And after that, I just was such a pissed off little kid that I was like, fuck everybody else. It's about me feeling good. And about me, I put this? it's about me. And it doesn't matter. Nobody else matters. I let everybody else matter for too long. Now it's all about me. Right. And that's... Kind I mean, of an ego thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I can pinpoint that was the day that I decided that I was going to become this, like, more bigger than life being. That, um, in fact, in Hilton Head, you know, shout out to my Hilton Head people. Hopefully some of you guys subscribe and listen to this. Um, I went by a guy named Corey T. And that was like my alter ego. Or Tequila Corey, as they called him. Um, and that was what would happen as I would get drunk and I would get high and I would have to be this bigger than life thing that I, <laughs> that I look back on and I go, man, you are so much a loser. Right. Like, so it's kind like, of an acceptance thing, you think? I mean, you just want yeah, people just to think, like you or yeah, you, you just, thought you were going to be more likable? I wanted to feel important. Okay. Like it was this thing to where like, I don't think, I don't know if everybody has it, this thing, like wanting to feel important. I feel like some people genuinely don't care if they're ever seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I feel like 
I've always, even even thinking back to my childhood, I've always just fought to be seen. Like, I need to be important. I need to be seen. I need to be number one, or I need to be this, or I need to be that. Instead of just accepting that I'm going to be whatever I'm going to be. Like, there's no putting, right. putting like, a label on what I'm going to be. is just kind of... But, again, does that go back to, like, a childhood thing or schooling where you just weren't seen? I mean, you were ignored. People just didn't pay attention to you, and you just felt like you needed to become that person? Um, I mean, I think there's a bunch of different things, different routes you could go with it. Um, I'm very open about my life. I am – I was foster – or not foster, but I was – I consider myself adopted, even though there was no paperwork filed or whatever. I lived with my aunt um, from age four until 17. Okay. My mother is from Charleston. Um, she lost custody of me and my brother due to drugs, or alcohol, not drugs, but just inability to take care of us, essentially. Um, I assume it was drugs and alcohol. Never affluently told it was drugs or alcohol, but essentially, if you've ever been a drug addict or an alcoholic, true drug addict and alcoholic, and you are going to the point where you can't survive, let alone take care of another child or another human being, doesn't matter whether you're still doing the drugs or not. It's the behavior that is causing you to do that. The isms, as, as a lot of people put it, um, who have talked to me about it. Um, and so, like, not living with her, but, like, I guess visiting her and living in a household where my parents didn't... When I say my parents, I mean my aunt and uncle. They didn't want me to grow up and end up like her. So, and by the way, precursor... These are all my feelings. These are not um, what I like to call um, community reality. So what my parents or what, what my mom or whatever they deem the community reality would be, right. going to be very different from how I perceive. Right. I always say this. there's three sides to a story. So oh, yeah. you got your side that you're telling right now. Yeah. So I get I get the voice of being able to tell my side of the story. Yeah. Um, but basically, growing up, watching her, you you know, use alcohol the way she did, um, her now husband, who is a great guy now. He is an amazing guy now. But back then, when I was five or six years old, he had a dis- he disciplined us a certain way that I didn't like because it wasn't the same way as being disciplined at home. So you have two homes trying to raise the same child who I would deem myself as a very special type of child. Like, I'm, you know, I'm very sporadic, very boisterous, very... In your face, I'm always trying to do everything, like ADHD to the max. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so growing up in that aspect, it is two different parenting styles trying to figure out how to parent the same person without telling that kid or whatever what's actually going on, which brings me to a whole different subject about child caring and, and how like I think kids should be talked to. But Right. And I um, mean, kids in general are going to figure things out. Anyway, I mean, we think they're dumber than they are, but they they know what's going on for the most part. But I knew my mom was drinking beer on the drive home from picking me up for visitation. The first time I saw a brown bag in her, I knew what it was. You know yeah. what I mean? I was five years old. She could say it was a Pepsi all she wanted to. Kids aren't dumb. Yeah. Um, but a lot of, what a lot of people don't realize is what your passive things that you show kids are what's going to mold them. So psychologically, I was like. I don't want to end up that way. I'm not going to be an alcoholic. I'm not going to be a drug addict. I'm not going to do those things. And I probably, my first time ever remembering picking up a drink of alcohol was like 15, 
16 years old and I drank like a half a beer and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And then I think I smoked pot at like 15 or 16 and I don't even remember feeling stoned. You know what I mean? Rode around all day in the pot guy's car smoking joints. Don't remember even feeling stoned. Um, but moving, I mean, back to your initial question, do I think it was raising or um, teaching or school? I don't think there's one, personally, I don't think there's one thing that dictated who I was going to become or who I was. I think it's a giant culmination of nurture, nature, and heredity. Mm-hmm. Um, genetics, I come from a line of alcoholics and drug addicts. Um, nurture, I was raised without a single drop of alcohol in the house. You know what I mean? Um, so, you tell and, me. I mean, a lot of times that's a precursor <laughs> to alcoholic. I mean, really. Yeah. So yeah. When, like, when you're deprived something or, or you're not allowed it, never all your friends and you see it in society and you see it on TV and movies and everything else, sometimes it's even... Um, I don't know, but even know what's the word I'm looking for, but it's even more... Um, you want it even more, I guess. Yeah. I, and, I can't and, think of the word. And the crazy thing about it is that wasn't it. Like, I think the acceptance thing just came from, like, when I was younger, consciously feeling like my mother didn't want me because as a young kid, I couldn't understand why I wasn't with her. Moving How did you feel like maybe getting into drugs and alcohol would bring you closer to her because that was her thing? No? Mm, no, because I didn't really hit drugs and alcohol until I was an adult. And I already kind of came to terms with the mother situation. Like, I didn't have mommy issues going into drugs and alcohol. Right. And I didn't mean to turn this into some kind of therapy session. Oh, no, no. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Yeah. yeah, I will get you on my podcast, and I'm going to start called Pizza Therapy. All right. That's what we'll do. Yeah. When we're serving pizza and talking about our problems. I love Um, it. (laughs) You help me set it up. We'll just stream it out of the same site. All right. Um, But, yeah, no. um, I, I mean, I personally think that... The want to be seen came from the need, the thought of me getting sent back. Like, so, the my mother was painted as a bad person. Um, I thought she was a bad person because I didn't understand what was going on. And I had resentment in my heart. Like, why Why can't you have me? Why can't I be with you? Well, why? not knowing that, like, it was for my own good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then me acting out as a small child, which, you know, statistically kids do when they're in broken homes. My aunt, who I love her to death, and she raised me the best she could in the right way. Her, I, re- I remember her saying, if you don't tighten up, we're going to send you back to live with your mom. And that was like the thing that like, anytime I talk, you know, talk to anybody about my past life or, and then that's the thing that always, that always pops up in my head. If you don't behave, if you don't stop doing this, if you don't do that, we're going to send you back to your mother. Hmm. And it's kind of, you know, like to say it out loud. Kind of sounds fucked up. I was about to say the same yeah. exact phrase. It sounds fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. Um, like, that your punishment is to go back to your biological family. Yeah. yeah. So that, like, in my brain, I got painted, you know, that reaffirmed that obviously living with my mother was not a good thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and now, like, like I said, moving forward, like, if my mom or my aunt ever listen to this, hopefully they don't get mad or upset. These are my feelings. Um, that's kind of how, how life works. Um, they may, you know, they have their own life. You know what I mean? My mom realized that she couldn't do it. And so she eventually just gave up trying to see me. But nobody ever said that. Yeah. No, so now I got this complex. Oh, my mother doesn't love me. My mother doesn't want to see me. 
Yeah. Um, so what did I do? I became Mr. All-American. I got into every club that I could get into, played every sport I can get into, tried to be, you know, Mr. Popularity, tried to be in every single thing that I could be, you know, became leader of my church youth group, you know, just all these things that give you a sense of belonging and never really getting to the root of the problem. Never really stopping where I was at and telling people, hey, I'm only doing all this shit because I don't think anybody notices me or I don't feel important. Yeah. And in that time of my life, I was on Concerta, which is, um, for you people at home, is ADHD medicine, but is also prescribed cocaine. Um, so whereas Adderall is the same chemical compound minus one molecule of methamphetamine, mm-hmm. Concerta is... Sam, it shows up as Coke in a drug test. Okay. So, like, getting drug tested when I was on Concerta, I would pop for cocaine. So, I mean, like, when we get into the drugs and, and, and all that aspect of our conversation, makes a lot of sense why I was a cokehead. <laughs> right. I mean, heredity and yeah. then the medicine. And then the medicine I took every day to be, like, normal was Coke. Yeah. Essentially. You know, not a $20 bag worth or... Whatever I had to do to get by nowadays, but yeah. Yeah. So, um. Like same thing, yeah. The opioid uh, problem that we got going on, all that kind of stuff, same thing. Oh, yeah. It I mean, it's just legalized drugs is all it is. Yep, and yep, and um, so. So out of adversity, you, you. Yeah. Comes of, greatness, right? That's what they say. Uh, if, I mean, if only I were great. That, that's the thing. If only I were great. Um, I think. But it helped you strive for that. Yeah, it, it definitely did. Whether you know whether or not it was I had this authentic chip, or not. Yeah, I had this chip on my shoulder that said, I'm not going to be my mother or my father. Mm-hmm. With an equally heavy chip on the other shoulder that says, I'm not going to be like my aunt and uncle either. Like, I had just this, such disdain for family. Just in general. For family in general. Um, Only child, or you got brothers, sisters? Or? I have a brother, a blood brother, and I have a man that I consider my brother, um, who is essentially like my it's my aunt and uncle's children. I consider them my brothers and sisters as well. Yeah, um, a number of half brothers and sisters all across the nation. You know, that's how a trucker dad who's who's a drug addict. That's what he does. You know what I mean? So, moving in, moving like moving forward from that, like. I think I strive for greatness because I had these two chips on my shoulder that just said, I'm not going to be a fucking failure. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I'm not going to be stuck in this small town living this simple life. But I'm also not going to be these drug addicts that never had a life. Like, I want to find this glorious middle. And so I went to Charleston Southern to be a music therapy major. Um, Initially, I was going to go to, I was going to go to USC Aiken, which you know, one of those turn back the clocks, like if I could change one thing, sure. going to USC Aiken would be my one thing that would change. Only because I saw my friends that went there and they graduated. Um, they had a great college career. They graduated. They did all that stuff. So, yeah. And you so, think that's just because they got out of town and went somewhere else when they didn't have all distractions of where they were from type thing? No, I think it's because they went to, to instead of like me, I went. Like, from a really small town to, like, holy shit, it's Charleston. Um, whereas they went to, like, really small town to, like, slightly bigger Aiken. Yeah. 
Okay. You know so you're not I mean? from Charleston then? No, no. Originally from Brunson, South Carolina. Oh, okay. I uh, thought Hampton you were from County. Mount Pleasant or Charleston or something. No, no. I mean, okay. I was born in Charleston and my mother has always lived in Charleston. Um, or not always lived in Charleston, but my entire life has lived in Charleston. So sure. I can claim it. Most of my first four years of my life and then the last, and then six out of the last eight years of my life. So 10 years out of 26. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I think that that move would have been better. I would have been in a smaller environment. Um, I would have been around more people who was in my youth group, more people from my high school. Um, so I, I think my ego would have played a little bit more of a role, like not changing who Corey was in high school because all these people are here. You know what I mean? And I still have that problem today. Like people who know Corey, they get that Corey. Like, you know what I mean? So it's really weird when you have, like, you in a room and then somebody else in a room and they're all in the same room because you're like, oh, shit, who do, like, who, who am I right. today? Um, but, I mean, in hindsight as well, I mean, you look at the person that you are right now and I, th- I think that you like your per- the person that you are right now. So oh. if you were to go back and change that one thing, where would you have ended up, you know, with all the other events that would have happened? I you know, you might, you might be a worse off. I, who knows? Maybe I'd be a business owner. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'd be working at, you know, the dollar store. Who knows? Yeah. Um, that's the reason I don't like to live in the past like that. No, you can't. But, I, but I do love to be like, okay, if I could, like, say, like, you know, a genie grants one wish. Yeah. I would at least like to see how that played <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, it's fun to think about. You know what I mean? I'd at least like to see how that played out. Because, one second, I got to drink my sweet tea. <laughs> Unsweetened tea. Yeah, we don't do sugar on this oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, right? unsweetened Unless tea. it's beer sugar. Yeah, we're not allowed sugar. I can have crack. <laughs> I'm not allowed to have sugar. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, and I mean, hopefully, eventually, right? Well, whether it's virtual reality or time travel or whatever, maybe you could go back and finally find out what would have happened to it would Corey. Be, it would be really cool just to, just to see, and, and that's going to be the religion part that we get to talk about, just to see, like, if God's plan, and when I say God, I mean higher power. I don't mean like this fluffy guy in the sky. Like, well, for me, that's that's what he is. He's the Christian God. But when I say God, I mean whatever you or whoever's listening thinks God is for them. Could be a Pokemon on their video game system. Could be their wife. Could be whatever God is for them. Um, if this is how God planned all this to go out. Or if, like, what your argument's going to be is it's a random happening of events. Or, you know what I mean? Because what it says, God God says, had I chose what exactly was I was supposed to choose. Um, there are two roads. There are two roads. All roads lead back to the same thing. Right? That's not what I believe. I believe there are two roads. And, yeah, there's an end goal. There's a design that God has for me. But free will is what he gave me. So my two roads are this. I choose this, and it's either going to lead to adversity or it's going to lead to the next step when God's plan for me. Now that adversity is my choice that I make there. Lead back to God's plan will lead to more adversity. Or, you know, here's the thing, nothing happens. I live in a state of like nothingness for a little while. 
You know but, can, I mean? but can you really have God's plan and then free will? I mean, it seems like those are two totally different things. I mean, if God has your plan, then you're not going to be able to choose anything. Well, that's that's what a lot of people's misconceptions. There's no free will. I mean, and, and giving you free will just seems to me like it's a cop-out on God's part. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, here's my divine plan. But you know what? You just do whatever you want to, and you'll be fine. Well, no, no. So here, so here's the thing, right? Um, I think that's a, the misconception a lot of people get. Now, I, what I'm saying, like, I like to qualify myself um, because when people when people hear me speak, I want them to know that these are my ideas. These are my, these are not written down in a book somewhere. Like some of the things I'll say are written in the Bible or are written in like different literatures I've read that I sure. get my ideas from. But I like to think of myself as a person who is a conglomerate of ideas. Um, I don't have it 100% figured out. That's what these conversations are for. for Nobody to, does. Yeah. But it's for us to enlighten ourselves, right? We get and even these own. people to say, I know there's a God. No, you don't. You don't know. It's, that's what faith is. Yeah. Faith, faith is saying, I hope there's a God, uh, or not, not I hope, but I have, I know, I know there's a God is me having faith. Right. Um, so getting back to God's plan, there are things in your life that show you what you're supposed to do, right? Everybody searches for purpose, whether they, whether they have a God or not. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, sure. You'll qualify that, that one part. So everybody wants a purpose, right? So for people who believe in God's plan, all that equates to is God's purpose for you. Um, not this, a lot of people get it in their head like he was, a lot of people confuse destiny with God's plan. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of people consider them simultaneously, not me. Destiny is some fictitious thing that people who wanted a reason why everything happens, like it was destiny we met. <clears throat> we were supposed to meet. You know what I mean? And maybe you were. But everything that you did after that isn't destiny. It's it's what you choose. It's it's the free will you have. I can meet my wife tomorrow, but if I don't, you know, if I don't listen to my higher power, like what I call God, and like meditate and like listen and look for signs of the right choices to make, I'm not gonna be able to to achieve my destiny, as you put it. So yeah, he has a plan. He has like this picture story that he like, instead of thinking about him, like, on a fluffy cloud, think about him as a computer, right? A simulation computer, right? So, in, in computer science, you run a simulation, and you can run this simulation. That's, like, we were talking about, what if I would have went to this other to this other school? That has its own route. That has its own storyline. But you know what? If I find my way back to God, or if I never lost God... I'm eventually going to end up in the same place that I would have. Like, that's what God's plan is. Is like, if I'm actually searching after him, if I'm actually listening and meditating on what my purpose is, I'm going to find it. From a young age, I knew I was a great speaker. From a young age, I knew I was, I was an influential speaker. I can make people believe what I'm saying. Um, whether that be good or bad. I mean, like, I could really use that for nefarious things. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's how politicians get in. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Being like that, I was like, oh, man, I love God. I believe in what he's talking about. And, um, and I was a Bible thumper. I was like, never one of those kids that like could read Matthew, blah, 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 verse 27 and 46, and God said, blah, blah, never one of those. But I was conceptual. I could be like, well, you remember the story of the two pennies? 
Um, do you know the story of the two pennies? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, here, here's... Okay. I mean, only they make two cents, but... Yeah, they do make two yeah. cents. Um, so the story of the two pennies is essentially this... Um, this we're going to... Step one, religion. <laughs> you got to do these little fade-outs, right? Like, fade-out and then fade back in. Step one, religion. No. Then fade-out and then we'll fade back into, like, step two, sex, drugs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but religion. Um, so the story of the two pennies, like, Jesus taught in parables and... He was really cool, and if you don't want to believe Jesus as as the Lord and Savior, you don't have to. Um, he even says it in one of his books, um, and I have my own personal struggles or whatever. But just for layman's terms, we're going to look at it at this story as a story and the lessons that he has. So he taught in parables because me and you can both agree it's easier for me and you to tell a story, and like you get the concept of the story and remember the concept of the story, than for me to tell you. Like, let's say, like, um, it's easier for you to compare something, right? Than it is for me to just tell you it. Like, I can tell you, well, um, the heart works because this, this, and this, and this, this. Um, or the way politics work. And you might remember a couple details. But if I tell you a story where the concept is, is what I'm trying to teach you, then you're going to remember the concept for the rest of your life. Right. So that's what these parables are about. These parables are just conceptual. And the one about the two pennies, if I, if I can remember correctly, and... Any Bible thumpers that are listening to this, you know what I mean? Like, please don't don't write any bad comments, you know. But if I can remember, this is a poor woman and a rich man, right? And they go to see um, they go to see Jesus, and the rich man is like, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to do you know this, this, and that. And um, basically, or I don't, I don't know if it's Jesus, but it was somebody. And they said the only way you're going to get into heaven is if um is if you give from yourself, you know. He goes, well, I'll give half of everything I have. Like, And he's really rich. He's really rich. And he goes, I'm going to give half of everything I have to you. Is that enough to get into heaven? And he's like, oh, well, you know, you go and do it. Come back to me. And blah, blah, blah. And then um, he comes back and he goes, listen, I gave away half. Is that enough to get into heaven? And he goes, sorry, it's, you know, that your faith isn't big enough yet. Um, and then, this, you know, and he's kind of frustrated. And he's sitting around and this woman walks up. Like I said, this is the concept of it. Not the exactly how it went, but the concept of it. Woman walks up and drops two pennies in, and everybody and, and he says, "Surely, you have enough faith to get into heaven." And as anybody would be, the the other dude was pissed. He's like, "What the hell are you talking about? This poor beggar gets into heaven, and I don't." She has two pennies, two pennies. Like, what does that do? Yeah. And he's like, "I'm rich. I gave millions and millions of dollars. Let's say, why can't I get into heaven?" And the concept of the parable was because she had the faith to give everything she had to God. For a shot at this at this afterlife, whereas you still had stuff that you were holding on to, and that wasn't a lot of people get that as a story of money, and it's not. It's a story of person. It's saying that I'm putting everything I have into my higher power. Um, I'm putting him first, um, which ties into my recovery. Um, well, why does God only want ten percent of your money? So that is, so, and why does God even need money? Yeah. So that is that is another thing. I personally. Can't answer that question. Um, I'm not really too up on the, up on the, because that's one of those old school, like, like tithing is one of those old school things. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those, like, beginning of the church. And I honestly, I, I would, I'm, I'm going to do more research on tithing. So that way I actually have an answer for you. <clears throat> Maybe we can do a part two sometime. Right. Um, and I can have an answer for that. I don't remember why tithing is important, but. I know that giving of yourself is important. 
And I think the reason that 10% was like, was like a number is because back in the day, that's how much you were taxed. So they're like, if you can give Caesar 10% of your money, you can give God 10% of your money was kind of the thing. Because yeah. I think he even says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give unto God what is God's. Um, and God doesn't want your money. God doesn't, God doesn't, he wants your relationship. He doesn't need your money. But people who need God need your money. Does that make sense? Not really, but like, I see what you're saying. Well, I mean, well, you're a Bernie Sanders fan, so you, so you obviously get what I mean by other people need money. Yeah. Um, they give of yourself. It's not like, so tithing doesn't have to be just money. A lot of people were comfortable. Um, it's one of those things. A lot of people were comfortable with the concept of 10%. It's super easy to just say, I make $2,000 a month. I'm going to give $200 a month to the church, right? But that's empty. Like, what are you, what are you really doing for the church? Right. You're not. Um, cause you're supposed to give joyfully. So that's why that 10% doesn't matter. If you can't give from your heart, whether it's money, time, effort, prayer, then you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And that was what the whole tithing concept is, is it's not the 10%. People get wrapped up on the, on the, you ever heard this, the, the, the devils in the details? Mm-hmm. You know that saying? Sure. That saying is because people get so, people get so wrapped up on re- religion. They get wrapped up on, um, instead of trying to figure out who God is or or like what God is, they pick a God they like and then they focus so much on how they can please that God. When in almost every religion like that I've studied, it's super fucking simple. Um, wake up every day and ask your higher power to guide your day and just don't be a dickhead. Like, just don't be a dickhead. Like, but it seems like you can do that without God or without a God or without a higher power or being or anything. I feel like you, I feel like, you know what? I feel like humanly possible, you can't. And the reason I say that is you can go through emotions and you can try your hardest, but you and your psyche are only going to hold so much. Like, people who say they can. And, I, and I'm not, and I don't know your story because that might be how you're feeling or whatever. I don't know your story. I don't know anybody else's, but from what I've witnessed, so my personal experience, which mm-hmm. is all I can speak from, and that's all anybody can speak from. Um, anybody who says they've gotten where they've gotten because of them has never reached their bottom. You know what I mean? Because that's when you need God. That's when you need something bigger than you. Is when you're rock bottom. When you, and and I mean rock bottom. I mean, laying in your bed, heart racing through your chest, 10 minutes away from taking a bottle full of pills and something in you just breaks. And and you're like... I've taken a bottle full, yeah. bottle full of pills, so I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, so you know what I mean? And something. But I didn't reach for anybody except myself. I, I told myself, Brian, get the fuck up and, and do what you're supposed to do. I was God in that moment. Yeah, yeah, but... Was it a voice in your head that said that, or was that? Yeah, it's my voice. Your, your voice, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was it was your inside voice. It was your inner voice. Right. Well, I mean, I go back to what you were saying earlier about uh, prayer. You know, you wake up in prayer and, and look for an answer. What well, to me, that answer is coming from my own brain. I mean, I'm yeah, not I'm not getting an answer from here, up in the sky, or over here, or down there. It's coming out of my own processes and my own brain mm-hmm. and my own uh lifestyle and, and things that I've learned, you know, my own intelligence. But. And I respect that. And um so like let's get let's, let's step back to basics then. So let's let's take God out of it, right? Take the word God out of it. Mm-hmm. Take the word higher power out of it. Um do you believe the universe is random or do you believe it has like 
a grand design. Like it, it's functioning exactly how it's supposed to be. I believe it's probably random. Really? You yeah. think it's just random? Just random. I don't know, man. It just blows my mind to think that all this is random. And like I said, you're welcome to your belief. Um, nothing that I say or do will ever change anyone else's beliefs. Well, I don't know if it's a belief. I just think it's it's just the way things are. I mean, yeah. it's just we're just here. We happen to, to crop up on this earth, and we're here for a short amount of time. And I don't know. I, I feel like keeping my feet on the ground here and not keeping my feet in the sky or wherever you want to say that you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I mean, I'm not focused on my afterlife. So, like, I like... To, but I think a lot of people do that. Exactly. You know, they don't give a shit about what they're doing on this earth. All they're worried about is what's going to happen after this earth. Oh, and you're correct, dude. You're, you're, you're 100% correct. Um, and, uh, but that's... Not, not enough people live in the moment here and, and care about the people that are here and care about their family and their friends and their... Whoever. They're just their fellow human being. And you're already speaking... But you're already speaking like a spiritual person. That's what I'm saying. Like, what you're saying right now is, is God to somebody. You know what I mean? Because God doesn't have to necessarily be... So, so the word God, um, in well, I mean, God can be that bottle that your mom was using. You know, exactly. That, that, yeah, God it can, can be whatever gets you through the day. It is, it is your designated being. Now, yes, my God is the Christian God. It is, it is a person who has my life in his hands and he's guiding me. Blah 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 blah. blah. But your God could be, you know, a group of drunks. Could be, you know, guys on deck. Could be you know, gals on dick, like whatever. It yeah. could be whatever you need it to be to get you through that day, to keep you grounded, to keep you here and doing what you want to do with your life as long as it's progressive. So I completely agree that you should live in the moment and you should live in today. That is literally part of my recovery. That is that is what I'm supposed to do is not worry about tomorrow. Um, but in the Bible it says that. In the Bible it says. Don't worry about tomorrow. Well, and the Bible says days. that because man wrote the Bible, and that's they thought the same way that you and I are talking right now. Yeah, it's like, but it's so they had those ideas the same that we have right now, and they just made a, a, a man in the sky to go with it. I think that's what I think. Well, so what? So the the processes of and of to create law and order, right? Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, I I think that it's okay for people. So you don't think there's anything bigger than you, like just like in general, like. Something bigger than you that's more important than you. No. I mean, my, my belief lies more so in Taoism, Buddhism uh, yeah, yeah. So, type things. So, so I, you're you know, they believe that kind of believe the all of us are gods. I mean, there's yeah. not one god. That we are all god. We are all the energy on this earth. We are we are the universe. We are a god. But your your in your Buddhist teachings are great because um, I, I looked into Taoism, Buddhism a little bit when I was struggling with the Jesus figure. And I mean, that's if I had to lean towards something. I'm not saying yeah. I'm a Buddhist or a Taoist, oh, but yeah. I'm a martial artist. So I mean, yeah, that kind of so leans that, me to that, that, that way. But, um, yeah, I really don't believe in anything to be honest with you, but, and, and that's know, because, you know, show me some proof of anything and I'll, I'll believe in it. But then I know you say faith and everybody says, well, you just got to have faith. And I'm okay. Well, that's great. All right. But you know, a lot of people have had faith and jumped off a cliff and they're dead now, you know? So do you have a guitar pick? I do have one. Let me see it. Oh, somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little. I don't know if your video is gonna capture this, right? So I, are you are I, you I afraid like are you afraid to lose either one of these? No, they're not even mine. I stole them right. from somebody. Close your <laughs> close your eyes, right? All right. <clears throat> close your eyes, right? All right. So I'm I'm gonna get up from here real quick, and yeah. I'm gonna put this guitar pick somewhere, 
somewhere. I'm not even going to tell you if it's in the room or, or not in the room. And then I'm going to ask you a question about the guitar pick, right? All right. With your eyes closed. I'm taking these headphones off. All right, so my eyes are closed. Corey's walking around somewhere. Who knows? I feel like I'm in Sunday school. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me just scoot back down in here. The AC right. finally went off. Hopefully, it's not too cold in here. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm hoping that I don't mess this. Um, mess this analogy up because if I do, it's gonna really suck being on air. Um. But with your eyes closed, if I asked you to get up and find and get up and find that pick, would you be able to do it? Um, I don't know. Maybe. How long do you think it would take you to do it? Um, I don't know. A minute, maybe. A minute. All right. All right. So, um, if you think it would take you a minute, just based off of being able to hear my foot, my footsteps, if you could hear them, or just knowing the layout of your room, um, where in the room do you think it would be? Uh, I think it's somewhere behind me. Mm, nope. No? Nope. Um, if I asked you which which pick I took, would you be able to tell me? Uh, well, I got a 50-50 shot, I guess. Yeah, you do. Because you saw both picks. Yeah. Right? Um, probably the black one. Always bet on black. Always bet on black, right? Which 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 <laughs> pick is not sitting on the table anymore? Um, all right. Well, you are half right. So neither pick is sitting on the table right now. So that was a trick question. But oh. that's just a that's just to get your brain working, right? So so you're wrong about where the pick is at, where the pick that I took to hide is at. Okay. You're wrong about well, you're half right about the picks on the table. Now Thinking about this, right? So you saw them. You, you physically saw them. So you know those picks exist, mm-hmm. right? You, you you were told that I threw one or I hid one. And you were told which one it was, correct? Those are the things you were told, right? And you have to believe those things to get the rest of the answers, right? Okay. So when you open up your eyes, um, you're going to look around. I'm going to let you look around for a couple minutes. See if you can find it. And when you sit back down, I'll tell you exactly why I did all that. Um, so, yeah, open up your eyes, do your thing. If you want to just take a quick look around, do it with your eyes open. I mean, is it like out in the open or I got to? Um, I'll tell you this much. it's um, You're not going to find it. Oh, I'm not going to find it? What yeah. the fuck am I looking for then? Yeah. Well, I think that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, so you believe that you're not going to find it, right? Well, if you just told me that, yeah. Yeah, because I just told you that, right? Right. So you have no faith that you'd find it. Um. Not where I was going to look, no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So somebody, so somebody, being the person who controls it, because I was the person who took the chips, I, was that, I had to guide you where it's at. Um, so faith faith is a lot like that, right? You saw those because they're physically there. That's what, you, that's what you deem that you need to see. So what you have to do is you have to figure out where you see God in your daily life, right? So when I see a child, like, a happy child. That's God to me. I'm like, wow. Like, that's God. There's no way that, like, there's no way that that kid's an accident. That kid's a, you know, random occurrence on this world. 
Right. Yeah. Well, that's where Taoism and, and Buddhism kind of differs is, you know, religion, you see something, you see a, a, a sunset, you see a river, a stream, a waterfall, and you think there has to be a God. There can't be this beauty in the world without a, a higher power of God. And Taoism just says, oh, it's a beautiful waterfall and just goes from there and doesn't have to put a meaning to it or anything. It just, it just happens to be. To be. I mean... I mean, it's 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 a good ideal. It's a good ideal. And I don't uh, try and steer somebody one way or the other. If you want to believe in God, believe in God. Oh, yeah, if you want yeah, to do yeah. cocaine, do cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to to get involved in other people's worlds, but um, you know, I, I don't even try and claim myself as an atheist or whatever because I don't know if you if you don't know if there's a God or not. You there's no way nobody knows. Nobody knows if there is one. Nobody knows if there isn't one. I don't mm-hmm. care what your feeling is. I don't care what your faith is. What you, what it says in your heart, you cannot know. Nobody can know. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody has died and come back and told us what well, is in the afterlife. Well, <laughs> there have people that have died and come back and said what they see. But they, they a lot of people believe and, that's just the the dopamine and the different yeah, drugs yeah. and chemicals within the brain that you're gonna you're gonna see what you believe you think you should see. Exactly, yeah, those I mean, chemicals in your brain are gonna trick you. God and science go hand in hand. Sci- it's it's ignorant. And when I say God, like I said, get get the idea of this this powdery man above me. It's whatever you deem it to be. So with you, right? But that's become the new diametric. I mean, that's become the new the new religion. As people say, ah, oh, it's religion isn't church. Religion isn't God. Religious is just this unspiritual. Mm. You know, people are doing this new thing now to try and spin it. I don't think it's new. I think it's. I think what it is is if you look at. I think. I think religion ruins spirituality, and that's just just a fact for me. People getting hung up on the details of how to worship instead of instead of just who they want to worship. That's so church. Church is a group of like minded <clears throat> people coming together to worship together. Right. That's all that is. It's a tribe. Now, yeah, it's a tribe, right? So Buddhism has it. Buddhism has a, a, a group, a conscious, a conscious mind group, come together and meditate together and. And talk about the I mean, there's atheist today. churches now. I mean, exactly. Yeah. That's all church is. So what happened a long, long time ago is Mr. Blah, blah, blah and Mr. Blah, blah, blah didn't like that they didn't do it the same way. And so they said, you know, fuck it. You're wrong. Your God is right, but your method is wrong. Um, and so now in the new age, the age of acceptance is what I'm calling it, where people are having to get past. The fact that boys want to be girls and girls want to be boys and, and all this other stuff that is explicitly a sin. And if you guys can't see me on video, I did air quotes there. Um, explicitly a sin. You can't be, you can't be a Christian and hate somebody. You can't be, um. Oh, but it happens all the time. It does because of people getting caught up on the details. Instead of being caught up, so the difference between a, a, a but again, that's that's your opinion. Why can't you be a Christian and hate somebody? Who who's who made those it Because it says it in the book, Jesus Christ, literally the person that they worship. But there's a lot of hate in that book as well. Where at? Uh, there's slavery. There's a stoning of women. There's killing of babies. There's killing of a, their brothers. What testament is that in? Uh, Old Testament, New Testament, all where's the New Testament Testaments. stuff at? Where like, is it? Like what 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 stuff is in the New Testament? Like I've, I'm not a religious scholar, so here's the deal, yo. So, so that's the of, other thing people do. They say, "Oh, well, that's Old Testament. We no, don't no, believe no, in that no, shit." No, anymore. no, no, that's not, no, no, no. So that that's a lot of people do that. Oh, we don't believe in that shit anymore. Right? No, everything has to happen to happen. You know what I mean? So if you look at like 
Christians are different from from Jewish people, from Hinduists, from all. They're different. So a real Christian looks at the Bible as a whole, right? So you can't have the New Testament without the Old Testament. You have to know where you came from to where you're going, right? So in the Old Testament, there's a lot of slavery. There's a lot of a lot of like an angry God. Like God was angry. He was like, was it the God that was angry, or was it the people that just weren't educated? Well, it was in, in the way he's portrayed is angry, angry and loving at the same time. In my opinion, reading the book and reading like all those, it was an angry, loving God. It was, it was a God who, it was like your dad. It was tough love. It wasn't like, it wasn't like he was fucking with people to fuck with people. We'll, we'll talk about the story of Job, right? Story of Job, um, the whole book of Job is the devil comes to God and the, and the devil says, Hey God, Job only, only is your disciple because he only believes in you so much because he has everything. You know what I mean? He has everything he could ever want. And once again, I'm paraphrasing. Um, and then God goes, and? Like, he deserves it. He loves me. I love him. You know what I mean? And the devil was like, well, I'll bet you. You know what I mean? Like, golden fiddle. Um, <laughs> like the Charlie Daniels song. Oh, he, doesn't say, he doesn't say golden fiddle. But he's like, well, I, he's like, I bet you. that I'll take that bet. You're going to yeah. regret it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he basically says, he's like, God, let me, like... Let me go fuck with him and see if he loves you as much. Right. No, blah, blah, blah. And, and it happened. You know what I mean? Like, took away everything that Job had. His looks, his health, his family, his friends, everything. And when he was beaten down to his very, very smallest is when he finally snapped and he said, God, why are you doing this to me? And God says, who are you to ask me why I'm doing what I'm doing? And he says... If you truly believed in me, you believe that I would give you everything that you had and more. So what do you believe? And Job was like, oh, shit, you're right. Like, if I did really believe in you, I'd believe in you through the bad and the good. And that was the the lesson. The lesson of that story of that whole book was the good and the bad. So, and that was in the Old Testament. And you walk, walk through all this, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly of humanity. And how God interacted with humanity through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And in the New Testament, you see how God realizes that because of free will, because of the very first sin, the world is never going to be able to be clean without an ultimate sacrifice. So that's when he sends his son, Jesus Christ, um, you know, God and human incarnate um, to die for our sins. And Jesus lives, according to the Bible, a sinless life for 32 years. Um and that, that is the belief, the belief system. So a lot of people get hung up on the old details, on before Jesus came. Uh, oh, you know, God allowed murder. God allowed this. No, humans allowed murder. Humans allowed this. Humans allowed that. Because if God was coming down every single fucking day, stopping every single fucking murder, he, he'd be busy as shit. You know what I mean? So humanity allowed that. God made a way for humanity to be perfect, and we chose not to be. You know what I'm saying? So what did he do? He said, oh, shit, they're not going to solve it themselves. Well, I know this is pretty funny. I'm talking about God and saying shit and fucking in the same story. It's just but, language. Man. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. But he's like, he's like, these guys are not going to get it. So The, the guy only, created those words, right? Yeah, well, humans created, those, <laughs> humans created the meanings for them. Yeah. Um, but he basically said, hey, like, I have to send, I have to send a sacrifice. Like, so in the Old Testament, remember they used to sacrifice lambs. So what he did is he sent the final sacrifice, the like 
forever and ever. And the only thing that you have to do, literally, so many people get hung up on, I need to give 10% of my money. I need to do this. I need to do that. And, and you don't. To be a Christian, you don't. All that stuff is fruits of being a Christian. What that means is all those things come from you aligning yourself with your higher power. All those things come. Like changing your psyche, what you do when you meditate. Changing your psyche to be more outward instead of inward produces all those fruits. So whereas you use meditation through like a more Taoist ensemble, well, life is what it is and I can just respect that it is this. There's no deeper meaning to it. It just is what it is. It is the same thing as me saying, God, you have so much more planned for me that I can't even imagine. And it's more of just an excitement about how awesome what it is is you know what i mean so it's not yeah but where i get lost in that is okay well your higher power just said that you just said that they have more much more planned for you than whatever but you still got to go out and do it so why do i need god if you still got to do the work and you still have to make things happen you still have to choose the right path the right road to get where you're going if it's free will then why do i need why do i need god if i'm if i'm in charge anyway he's my god that's i mean that's He's my, like, he's, think of it like, you remember Slayton, John, Slayton Johnson uh, episode? Mm-hmm. He he was a guy. Now remember this. Specifically, that was his job. He was a guy. So, are you going to go ziplining by yourself, like, for your first time, never doing it? Are you going to feel, like, comfortable and secure and safe and going down a zipline if you've never done it before? Yeah, probably not. So, you'd want a guide, right? That's what God is for me. That's all he is for me. Well, that's understandable. He's not going to say, like... He, there is divine intervention. I'll give you that. He's saved me more times than not. But his guidance in my life is what has saved me. You know what I mean? 35 days ago, laying in a bed, thinking I'm going to, thinking I'm going to fucking die. Yeah. Godless, friendless, moneyless, just beat down with nothing. And it like, it dawned on me. It, it dawned on me the moment that I felt insecure and I felt lost was the moment I became a drug addict and an alcoholic. I, the moment I took my eyes off of God, and I mean that, like, yeah, I did I did normal everyday stuff while still being a Christian, um, but the moment I stopped listening, the moment I stopped praying and meditating, prayer is me talking to my higher power, meditating is me listening. So meditation is... Buddhists and Taoists, they just listen. Rarely do they ever pray. Which is putting your energy out there into the universe, if you think about it. Because they are their universe. But where where that difference is, if there's nothing bigger than you, what's the point? You know what I mean? What's the point? Well, some people need that point. Some people need that carrot in front of them. Everybody, Other people, everybody people needs the point. Everybody needs a point. If you didn't have a point to be here, if you didn't have some type, sort of purpose in your life, some sort of fulfillment, then you being the person you would, you'd be gone. You would have offed yourself, and you would have successfully offed yourself. You know what I mean? We both have tried. I mean, we both just admitted it on, <laughs> on tape. Oh, I've said it uh, <laughs> numerous times on this podcast, yeah. So if there's no point, then what are we doing here? There is a point. And the point is that you want to help people. And that you have goals in your life. And how you do it is your God 
is the people around you and the people you help. And the person you ask for answers is your inner self. Because your verbal self, if you spoke it out loud, you wouldn't get the same answer. It takes your inner self. And that's your God in you. You know what I mean? When I pray and I hear a voice, I don't hear God's voice. I hear my voice. That's God speaking in my in a voice I can understand. You know what I mean? Now, you don't have to believe that. But that is, but genuinely, these people are, everybody is hitting me up. They found out I was doing, <laughs> they found out I was doing a show and they're all excited for it to come out. That's cool, man. Um, no, but like, you know, the really, the really satisfied is like, well, I mean, you say these things, right? You say, and I, I don't want to speak on behalf of all religious people or whatever, but so you believe in the Christian God. What about the, the Muslim God? I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, do you feel like they're wrong? No, no. Because of all what you just said, it it seems like you feel like everybody has their own higher power. No, dude, they're not. That that you're not going to dismiss anybody's, whatever gets anybody through the day, you're fine with that. Is that that what you're saying? Or do you have disdain toward other people that don't believe the same thing you believe? No, because they're not, they don't have to believe what I believe. So, but do you think that they're wrong, that they're going to go to hell, that they're damned, that they're, not living the life they should be living. It's not my place to think that. That's that. That's the problem that Christians have. That the Christians that are the Christians that you're viewing, the, the people, the the bad taste Christians, or the bad taste Muslims, or the bad taste Jews, anybody, or yeah. the bad taste of every religion is. It's not about whether you get to heaven or you get to hell. I would love to help you get there. But there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, well, I pray for you because you know you're you're going to go to hell or." Because you haven't found God, you haven't asked Hell Jesus no, into man. your heart, which I think is another power move by, I have, to a- I have to ask Jesus to come into my heart? Why didn't he just love everybody? Why did I have to ask him and beg him to come into my heart? So you don't have to beg him. That's the thing. That's another misconception. Wording and verbiage has ruined spirituality, right? Yeah, I mean, asking, begging is pretty much Well, the same no, word. no, no. So it's in, it, I like the term inviting. You're inviting him in. So it's like a vampire. Kind of, yeah. yeah. You're you're inviting <laughs> you're inviting him you're invite you're inviting him to be a part of your life. Think about your friend. You know what I mean? Do you want your friend just popping up at your house, knocking on your door, busting in your house, without being invited? No. Why would you want Jesus to? You know what I mean? He's not here to bust down your door. He's not here to he's not here to force himself upon you. You know why? But your parents would. Your parents love you like Jesus loves you. Why? Your parents could knock and, you know, oh, no, they haven't parents, heard from you in three days parents, and they they come barging into your house. Oh, dude, your parents will never love you like Jesus loves you, man. You don't think so? Never. Because cause even with, because they're human. They're, they're conditioned. Everybody is, has conditional love. Everyone. Jesus represents agape. What agape is, is unconditional love. It's philos, eros, and agape. Philos is brotherly love. Eros is, is romantic love, and then there's agape. And agape is the love to end all love. And it is unconditional, unbridled, un, just unsaturated love. Means, I feel like you're talking about my dog, Leia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, that, but that is, like, it's like they don't see wrong in us. Like, they don't. Right. And, that, and that's kind of what, what Jesus is. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. But also, think about this, is that, like, he loves you, but he is the ultimate brother He's the ultimate, God is the ultimate father. You know why? Because he understands what your parents don't understand. Your parents force that shit on you. Your parents force their way into your lives. Your parents do all these things, you become resentful. You become agitated. You don't... You don't don't think every Sunday that Jesus is being forced on you? No, dude. 
I think I gleefully go to learn more about him. Like, I because you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, dude. You don't have to go to church to be spiritual. All churches is the uniting of conscious minds that are there for the same thing. Same thing. Like, um, well, I mean, I feel like they're there for validation. I mean, if, if you believe in God and you go to a place where a bunch of other people believe in God, they're validating your feelings. No, man, it's personal. Like, it's personal. It's a personal relationship. That's like saying, like, you have a wife, right? Like, and you like, and you like this, and you like to sleep with your wife, right? Are you going to go down to the bar? And, and, Not anymore. Well, yeah. well you know, what I mean? <laughs> are you going to go down to the bar or are you going to go down to the club and you're going to talk to the other guys and you're going to be like, hey, yeah, I slept with my wife. That means she's my wife, right? Do you need validation that that's your wife? No. Do you need validation that, that somebody's your friend? Like, that's your relationship with that person. You and that person validate each other. Like, if I, and this is getting kind of like out there, but these are just my personal beliefs. If I, and I stand to think this is what God meant for Christians. If I go around validating everyone for their personal relationship with Christ, that makes me God. And I'm not. I'm not here to validate how you believe, what you believe, what you do. I'm not here to control you. I'm not here. What I'm here to do but is... Doesn't, <clears throat> but doesn't the Bible or the Scripture tell you that you're supposed to do that? That you're supposed to try and convert other people to to religion? I'm glad you brought that up. The Great Commission. Do you... um? I mean, you got all these people coming door to door and you know people great, preaching and putting stuff on your windshield. I mean, people are trying to convert people all the time. The Great Commission was brought down by overzealousness. So a lot of people, a lot of people, where they where they fuck up is they read between the lines. They like to put their own spin on things. Um, they don't. They don't just take it for what it is. It is what it is. They don't take it for what it is because Jesus taught in a lot of parables and sometimes he was saying something. Jesus, by the way, was a very tongue in cheek kind of guy. He really, he, he was like, he was, he was a good shit talker. Like he was, but there's some to, scholars that say Jesus never even existed. That is, well, those scholars are fundamentally wrong. There's evidence that Jesus as a person existed not only in history, but physical evidence. His bones and, and his bones and body aren't here because they transcended to heaven. Oh, convenient. In, well, no. <laughs> I know. Like in, in, in the in the in the religion aspect of it. Yeah. <clears throat> he transcended to heaven on the third day and only his spirit came back down. But the cloth that wrapped him that has genetics in the cloth of a human body. Jesus is genetics. You know what I mean? It is what right. it is. So, I mean, he could have been a, a human person. Yeah. At but is he the son of God? And that's and that's what you decide. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you decide. That, that right there. We know Jesus was real. Factual. Nobody can dispute that. He was a real living person. Everybody he associated was a real living person. Those people's bones can be found. Those people's grave sites can be found. I mean, hell, even Noah's ship was found up in the fucking mountains somewhere a few years ago. You know what I mean? Well, that's the other thing. I mean, we're spending a lot of time on religion, but... Oh, don't worry. We have all the time in the world. But, um, you know, the other thing is... Well, a couple different things. I mean, one thing, you, you mentioned Noah, Noah's Ark and this kind of stuff. So there used to be all kinds of miracles. I mean, you heard about miracles all day long. There was a miracle going on. Where are all the miracles nowadays? Right here. Right here. Right here, dude. <laughs> but, I mean, nobody's walking on water anymore. Nobody's building an ark and putting two two plus two animals on there. 
Another thing. Would you be impressed if you saw somebody walk on water, or would you think it was just... Well, I've seen David Blaine do it and some other people, but... So it doesn't impress you, right? No. So why would why would God waste a miracle? You know uh, what I mean? Is that what it is? <laughs> why would God waste a miracle? Well, here's the other thing. Well, there's a couple more things, but so, you know, you have Adam and Eve. You got two people, right? Started off. You got Adam. They created Eve from, the, from his rib, correct? Mm-hmm. So how did all of us come from two people? I want to say... And how did all people of color come from, from those two people? So I want to say... I mean, say, it was incest. Uh, I want to say that there actually is something in the Bible. Because um, I remember I remember listening to a... Because um, like being being a student of the Bible is just like being a student of anything else. There's a lot of different scholars that like bring up stuff and blah, 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 blah. And these are just things that I don't really like. I don't really worry about. You know what I mean? Because that's just a detail that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It, like, but, but it does matter. I mean, does it? Do you think you're fucking your sister? <laughs> well, it does matter. I mean, it's it's a thought that how did we, you know, it's supposed to be taboo to have sex with somebody that you're related to. So how did we get to where we are? Well, genetically, we all are very, very closely related genetically. Yeah, well, for sure, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I want to say, and, and I don't want to misspeak, I want to say there is a lecture about um, Adam and Eve were God's chosen people inside of Eden, and that outside of Eden was the rest of the world. Like the whole world wasn't just the Garden of Eden. Like there was a whole world with people on it outside. They just weren't God's chosen people. Hmm. There's also um, stories about the Book of Enoch, um, which is a book that didn't make it into the Bible. Well, of but, course, as time goes along and these questions come up, people are going to make up answers to these questions. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, the reason I don't know the answer is because I didn't fuck Eve. So I, so I don't know. I didn't pull Adam's rib out of him. You know what I mean? Um, that happened like six six million years ago or however long. The because there there are you know what I mean there are questions that like in my opinion, it doesn't matter if we're because we're all are related. You know why? Because we're all humans and we're all like so. It's like yeah, you shouldn't fuck your mom and you probably shouldn't fuck your sister and you definitely well you definitely shouldn't fuck your sister. Probably shouldn't fuck your cousin. Um, Alabama, hats off to you. West yeah, Virginia, do, do your thing. People yeah. do it all the time. You know, I mean, Trump mean? wants to fuck his daughter. I think, but um, doesn't everybody in America? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, everyone wants to fuck his wife. <laughs> all right. But well, one one more thing about. Yeah. So what about um, who the hell is this? The Mormons or Jehovah Witness that has the extra book? Mormons. Okay. So what about that? What about what? the extra strip scriptures out there? Fucking let them have it, man. <laughs> but you don't believe in that part of it? No. Because their scriptures are... Go watch... Go. So, first of all, Mormons are badass. The reason I said that is because they have no shame. Um, so, the guys, uh, Matt Parker and Trey Stone... Oh, uh, yeah, the South Park episode. Yeah, South Park guys. So, no, they made a, a musical called The Book of Mormon. Oh, I know. I've seen it. Um, yeah. Fucking amazing. And I've dated a couple ex-Mormons. That, so, Mormons uh, are so badass that you know what they did? <laughs> On the playbill, they took out a... If you if you like enjoyed the um, the Book of Mormon play and you want to learn more about Mormonism, yeah. <laughs> go to this, this website. It's the best thing they've ever done for Mormons. Yeah. yeah. Well, because the thing is, is, they didn't... They were poking fun at it, but... Yeah, but it, it actually It's exactly helped. what they believe. Yeah, it's it exactly what Mormons religion. believe. And you know what, dude? If that's what gets you there, because I'm not worried about the afterlife. Like, yeah, cool. You know what I mean? Like, God, if like I'm glad that I believe that there's an afterlife and that and that I'm going to heaven because that's a great present. You know, it's a gift. You know what I'm saying? 
That's is it, game. though, because yeah. a lot of people will say, you know, I hated all the people on Earth that I was around. Now I'm going to go up and be uh, reignited with all those people. You know, my family, whatever. Maybe you hated your family, but now, now all of a sudden you got to live with them in eternity. You won't know us, though, because you're not like. And so, so the funny thing about it is the more and more I verbalize this stuff, the more and more I realize that that to like the untrained ear, because I'm just getting back into religion. Yeah. Um, to the untrained ear, it sounds fucking crazy. But the world is fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Humanity is fucking crazy. We live and breathe. We exist on a planet that is not meant for us. We exist on a planet that's not meant for us. Factually. Factually. We we are essentially the biggest... Well, some people will say we grew out of this earth, so we were meant for it. I mean, No, dude. We are the biggest disease this earth will ever carry. Ever. Ever. Yeah. It, it, if God made this earth for us, we definitely fucked it up. Oh well, yeah, George Carlin had a bit about that, that we were we were just a, a disease on the earth and it, the, the earth would shake us off like a bad case of fleas at one point, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, going, in, going into that that segment of it, it's like, I forgot what I was saying. Yeah. I have weed brain and I haven't even smoked. <laughs> yeah, I was like. <laughs> there I'm, might be some residual in here. <laughs> um, no, I just, um, where was I at? We were talking about disease on earth. Oh, yeah. So, about the people, about the magnificence of it. Is it's amazing that we that we can survive on Earth when we're not meant to. So, if you look at every other animal on Earth, like every other animal, natural selection, for the most part, it survives. Like, I think giraffes can walk, like, immediately almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, almost everybody like, besides almost, us. We have to be taken care of. For the first, like, six years, seven years of our lives, <laughs> yeah. that does not bode well for humanity's existence. But yet we flourish. And you know why? It's because we have a higher conscious mind. We're connected to something bigger. You know what I mean? We're bigger than just eat this, eat or be eaten. Or we have a we have a code of ethics. We're born with ethics. We didn't create them. We're born with that. You can't create consciousness. You're born with it. So I'm saying... Like I know it would be it would be unethical to do this, but I guarantee you, take a child or or a newborn baby, right? Make it to where he never sees another human being for the first seven years or whatever. Cognitively, he um he doesn't get to understand good, doesn't get to understand evil, understand any of that, right? Then put him in a in an ethical situation and see what he chooses, and I guarantee you. 90% of the time, he'll do the ethically right thing, ethically moral thing. Well, so, I mean, you're making the argument against God right there. I mean, you you know, people say they need God to have morals. You need those Ten Commandments to be God able to survive. God created that. That's what I'm saying. Right. But you're, but you're saying you, this guy had no contact with anybody. So you're saying that it's just inbred in him by God. Because we're a part of God. God is a part of us. Okay. That's what I'm saying. And then, and like... We are a part of God. We are a... a well, religion tells you you have to be inbred and indoctrinated into this system to be morally correct. No, man. All all, all religion says... All Jesus said, at least, I don't know about like... Well, I'm religion. not saying all religion, but most religions here, specifically in the United States for sure, says you have to... You have to go to church. I have to teach you these rules. I have to teach you how to be moral and how not to sleep with your neighbor's wife and how not to kill somebody... They say you need you have to be indoctrinated in that, or else you're going to be 
morally inept and you're going to go out and just kill everybody and you're going to be a mass shooter and you're going to be this because you don't have religion. You don't have those moral ethics. I don't think it's that. I think um, we're also animals. Like, we can't get around that. We can't get around the fact that we're also animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so naturally, when you look at some of the taboo, morally um, morally askewed things, like sex. Like sex. So we created marriage, right? Humanity created marriage and put the God label on it. Right. Not too long ago. Yeah. Marriage, right? Yeah. Because contract. Because initially it was... I don't, I don't remember in the Old Testament anybody getting married. Hmm. I just remember them being like, that's my, yeah, my common, Like a common law thing. Yeah, it was a common law thing. Like, that's who I chose. She's had my 27 kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, granted, you, you were monogamous, per se, which I think we, I think... As, I don't even know if they were not monogamous, but... Yeah, I mean, can you... Yeah, I mean... But for the most part, like, marriage is something that, that man created. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it is, it is wholly under God. Like it, like, it is made holy under God. So if you decide to get into a marriage, there are certain things that you should do to make your marriage last. Just a little handbook. It's not like, do these things or else. It's like, if you want your life to be smooth and easy, these are the things that we have found that works. Just like, if you're going to put together a stereo, right? You can do it however you want. But that little instruction manual goes, this is the easiest way we've found to do this. Yeah, That's how the Bible is. It's not saying you have to do these things. There's only one thing you have to do to be a Christian, right? And Jesus said... There's a bunch of other books that are written that can put you in the same direction without the Bible. But you'll probably say, well, they were based off the Bible or they used Bible as a reference. No, I think it's a common common decision on what God is. If you look at every religion, you get to God the same exact way. You you just do. I'm saying my God is, is Christianity. I don't give a fuck if you're a Christian. I love you either way. I don't think you need Jesus to go wherever you want to go. Well, but like my ex, uh, my ex in-laws, for example, you know, mm-hmm. big time Southern Baptist, hugely religious, and they used to to say that they hated that I wasn't going to be in heaven with them because I didn't believe the same things that they believed. So there is that disdain for people that don't believe the same thing that you believe. I think in some aspects, and I don't think those people are Christians. No, I mean they can claim it all they want. Jesus never hated anybody. You know, they used to tell my sons, uh, we feel bad for you and we, we need you to believe because we want you to come to heaven with us. Yeah, and those people are the reason why Christians get a bad rap. Yeah. Jesus and Jesus said is my favorite line out of the Bible. You know why? Because how can you frame an entire religion around one person if it's not about what he said? Right? So... And Jesus said, or or the red letters, as a lot of yeah, people put it. That's God speaking, right? It's God. If Jesus is who He says He is, mm-hmm. who is God in human form, but not all religions believe that. Yeah. Like I said, that's yeah. neither here nor there. We're talking about my right my King James religion. Bible. Well, we're just talking about my religion. If you're going to believe, it, then this is this is the Great Commission. So the Great Commission is Jesus came back to His disciples and says. I'm ascending into heaven. Upon my ascension, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go out and do as I did for you. Which is just love and teach and be. And if the people do not listen, dust your sandals off 
and move on to the next town. You know where it fucked up? Humans. It, Jesus was able to do that because Jesus is Jesus. Jesus isn't human. He, he was God incarnate. He was sinless. He, he understood his teachings and he lived it. Just like Siddhartha Gautama Buddha. Right? Buddha was who he was because he understood his teachings and he lived them in every breath and every second. So what happened is, is Jesus gave these 12, these 12 or 11 disciples this commission. Right? While they gave him this commission, he, uh, Paul, formerly known as Saul, was blinded on the road to Damascus. Paul got his vision back by Jesus coming to him in a vision and saying, Paul, you are a disciple of Christ. I want you to stop killing and taxing people. And I want you to go out and spread my word. Um, and from that moment, when Paul got his vision back, he became a disciple of Christ. Going on to write majority of the New Testament. Where a lot of people get mucky is they pay more attention to the letters to the churches than they do to what Jesus said. Jesus never once said, hate people because they're gays, because they're lesbians, because they don't know they're men or women. Jesus never said, hate whores. In fact, Jesus walked up to a whore, and they were about to stone her, and what Jesus did is he stood in front of her, pushed the crowd back, wrote in the sand, and he looked him straight in the face, and he says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And the people looked down at the sand and were like, and dropped all their weapons and walked away. And then and then the girl would have looked at Jesus and said, why would you do that? And he says, because he who made you, he who loved you first loves you, so I love you. That's, that's that simple. That is how simple religion is. Or that's how simple spirituality is. And how Christianity is. It's that simple. And people like to muck it up. People like to... People like to, to go, but what if, and this, and that, and it's no. It is what it is. It is. I love you because God made you, and he loves you. Yeah. I mean, it so, should, should be that simple. No, it is. It is. No, I mean, I, I know you're saying it is to you, but it's not that simple to everybody else. But my job... a lot of people, well, not everybody And else. so my job as a Christian isn't to change their mind. It is to live my life, clean my side of the road, and live my life in such a manner that they see Jesus in me and they want what I have. Because people are naturally envious. People are naturally envious. Yeah. So my job is to have such an amazing relationship with my God and Jesus and to be such a good person that people ask me, well, how'd you do it? And then I go, well, this is how. And then they're like, oh, no, fuck that. I don't, that Jesus guy, no, fuck that. Blah, blah, blah. And I don't go around telling people I'm a Christian at all. At all, unless they ask, um, because I don't, I don't think it needs to be said. I don't think it, I don't think it's a, it's, it's a core part of my life. But I don't think it's. A well, key. you post a lot about it. I do, but I post a lot about um, not being a Christian because I always say God. Mm. I never say Jesus. Yeah, I always say God. And that, well, I mean, people put two and two together. People assume that's them assuming. They think I'm a Christian. It's cool, great. I'll tell you about Christianity. I studied. Uh, I tried to become a Buddhist for a long time. You know why? Because a lot of Jesus' teachings, like, you know, love thy neighbor and all that good stuff, literally Buddha teachings 500 years prior. You know what I mean? But, but the answer is, is because, is because like, love is love. Um, and I'll say the last thing I'm going to say on, on, on spirituality and religion is, religion is fucking stupid. Spirituality is amazing. Religion, like, choose whatever religion you want to. 
whatever it takes to get you to a God. But you can live life without religion, cannot live life without spirituality. Because it's empty and it's just devoid. If you don't have anything that you're excited about, if you don't have anything that gives your life purpose, then you're not living. And and you and you won't live. And for me, my purpose came back when my spirituality came back. Um, there was a long time that I lived with no love for anybody else and no love for myself. And the only thing that gave that back to me was remembering he who first loved me. And that's truly really all I got left to say on religion, you know what I mean? Can't kind of beat a dead horse, but... Yeah, I mean, it's been, yeah, definitely a little bit of time, but it's, it was a good discussion. Yeah. Um, so, just to kind of dial it all the way back to the beginning, how did you, I mean, did, did you grow up in a religious household? And you said your aunt and uncle, whatever, was your parents, biological parents religious? Were your aunt and uncle religious? Did you go about that on your own? Um, I, th- I think it's a weird mix. Like, I got introduced to my church um, by my aunt and uncle. Um, and then when I was eight years old, and... Looking back on it, I think it goes back to me wanting to be seen. When I was eight years old, found out who this Jesus guy was. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be a Christian. It was Bible school. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a Christian. Like, yeah, yeah. Because it was uh, positive. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, if I do this, people clap for me and people like me and people are positive towards me. Um, And it was like me building my life around that. Let me do the right things because other people like it. Because, oh, it makes other people happy. Sure. And it built a it built a people-pleaser life for myself. And well, I was, that's what all kids are doing their entire, their entire and adolescent I, life, is they're trying to make other people happy. And, Whether and it's I, their parents, their friends, their teachers, whoever. And I think that's where we take a step back. And, like, I don't have any kids, so I can't tell you how to raise your kids. But I can tell you, I like I would like to believe that when I do have kids, if God, if God or the universe or whoever you believe grants me the awesome ability to have kids, I think I'm going to be real with them and just be like, you get to, you're a human being. You get to decide. I can guide you. I can show you how I did it. And you can either listen or fail. But either way, I'm going to be there for you. And I'm going to try to protect you and love you the best I can. Right. And I mean, that's essentially what I do with my kids. Yeah. Right? And they, I gave, they, I gave they, a choice. I said, this, I'm not going to force you into anything. This is your decision. It's your life. You believe what you want to believe and let, uh, let your life take you in the direction it takes you. Yeah. And that is, I think that's good parenting. I think trying to shield your kid too much or not shielding them enough is going to fuck them up. But just being real with them, like kids can handle it. Kids sometimes say some realer shit than, than adults do because yeah. they don't have that filter. And they realize like, they're like, this isn't right. Yeah, kids are honest. Yeah, you and I and you know what, like, and they, they don't have any biases yet. They haven't been told to think one way or the other for so the most just, part. So they just have what they what they think. Yeah, just you know experience. I mean? And sometimes, and you know, like, I don't think you should coddle your kids in, in a way like, oh yeah, Timmy, everything you do is amazing. Be real with them. Be like, Timmy, you're kind of a little shit sometimes, man. Don't do, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, don't be that way all the time. Right. You know what I mean? It's like we get it. You're having that's how you feel. Feel that way. But you know what? Deal with those feelings. Don't dwell on them. Let's move forward. All right. Now, you can't tell a two-year-old that, but a five-year-old, a six-year-old, you can tell a six-year-old, like, it's okay to cry, but why are you crying? What is wrong? All right. If you don't want to talk to me, I can't help you. I mean, a five-year-old understands that. 
The right. six-year-old understands it. I mean, the old mentality was, shut up. Stop crying. What yeah, are you crying? I'll, I'll Stop give you crying. something, I'll give you something to cry about. Instead of trying to figure out what the problem is. Yeah, they're just like, well, and shut I think, the fuck up. Yeah, and I think a healthy way to deal with kids and to create the next generation. So, like, my generation is full of, full of a bunch of people that are just trying to succeed. Um, that drug... Well, that, and people call them snowflakes, right? Yeah. I mean, this, this, what we're just talking about. Yeah, like, exactly. Why are you crying, Jimmy? No. Well, know, no a I lot of like, people still uh, think... I feel like the snowflakes are right after me. Um, I feel like the snowflakes are right after me. Um, I think I'm the Oreo generation. And what that means is like I'm the, I'm the end cap. I'm, I'm right in the middle, closer to the end part of millennials. I'm 93. Millennial ends at 96. Mm-hmm. I remember cassette. Um, a little bit of eight track in certain cars, all the way to now I can have every single song I want ten dollars a month. You know what I mean? I remember all that. I remember not having a PC to dial up to no high speed internet. I remember the old way of life and the new way of life. I was taught that you get things through hard work and perseverance, but I was shown that you only get things if you're lucky. You know what I mean? I got. I'm a part of that generation that kind of that politically and manifestingly got the short end of every of every deal. I was told you need to go to college, but then once I went to college and failed out because it wasn't what I like. Was told, oh man, you put, like the school told me go to college. My parents told me get a trade. You know what I mean? Like nobody had a firm answer. And then what happened is, and before me, like your generation, um, which I know, may, maybe you're in the same millennial. I think you might be right before millennial, right? Yeah, yeah, generation right, X. like Generation X. Your generation was right after boomers. So your generation was like, oh shit, like, we finally have a stable economy to have kids. Like, you know what I mean? So you're like bootstraps. You know what I mean? You're like the first half of my generation. You know what I mean? The first half of my life. Pick yourself up by the bootstraps. You get what you deserve. You get what you earn. Nothing's given to you, right? And then the people behind me, the Gen Zers or um, the snowflakes, people call it, are taught your feelings matter and... You, you know, like, you'll succeed at anything, Timmy, and you're just the bestest thing since sliced bread. Nobody being realistic. You can do anything you want. I'm in the duration I was told both. And so... And I, and I believe both. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, even though I was, like you said, the bootstraps and hard yeah. work and determination. Well, so let me put it this way. Generation. But I do believe positivity goes a long way as well. If, if you believe oh, yes. that you can do something, most times you really can't achieve it. Yes. What I mean to say is we were told our ideal, what we think, like you need to work hard but and you can also do whatever you want. Like that is why my generation is full of entrepreneurs. We're full of self-motivators, but we're also the highest generation of drug addicts and um, alcohol, alcohol abusers and suicide. It is because we were the generation of potential. We had more potential than the bootstrap workers because they didn't have the technology yet. But we don't have as much, but we have all the downsides of the technology where everything's so expensive that we can't afford it. So we're stuck right in the middle. We're stuck right in the middle. Half of my half of the people I know have already bought a house. The other people I know are strung out in somebody's couch right now. You know what I mean? It's like we're legitimately the Oreo generation. Yeah. And it sucks. But what I can say is, is it's a personal choice to be that. Um, You can either, we have all the disadvantages. We have all the disadvantages. Um, 
because we're trying to fix what the boomers did to us. You know what I mean? The housing market. Um, but we grew up through this, the housing and stock crash of like 2008, I think it was. And then like the rebuilding of the jobs and this and that. And it's just getting to the point where like my generation has a voice now. You know what I mean? It's just getting to that. But the problem is, is politically, everybody either sees my parents who are hardcore Republican Trump fans slash their children who are in their late 30s um, or mid-40s or early 40s um, as the adults. And then they see, you know, the teenagers as the kids and they don't see us. They don't, they don't get that we, we have brains too. They think that we're all still trying to find ourselves. And it's not that. It's just that right now there right now there are not enough kids that can vote who are snowflakes. So it doesn't matter. But they're the loudest voice on social media. People who cannot vote. These stupid teenagers that think they know shit are the loudest voices on social media. Mm-hmm. And that's why people think millennials are idiots. Because they put the young, young, young kids who don't even get a vote in with us. And then the people who are voting hardcore Trump are either, which I don't, just to put it out there, um, I don't know enough about Trump to think he's a bad candidate. I think he's a bad person. And that's really my, I don't know about his policies and what he's doing for America. I think that the trend of America was already on the up and up. Like we were already trending towards being, to, to improve. Oh, absolutely. All the figures tell you that. Yeah. yeah. I think we we're already trending to be good and he stepped in and he's just, and he just doesn't look good for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like half of being the, the POTUS is looking good for America. Like, yeah. You're, you're, you're supposed you're, to be presidential. You're more of a figurehead than you are anything else. And making fun of somebody with handicaps on TV, who the fuck does that? Nobody. Like, uh, well, making like, fun of any and everybody. Yeah. Really. And, and what I'm saying is, like, I get, so I get that we're, I get that we can't be sensitive. Like, we need my generation now more than ever because we are the balanced generation. Not all of us are as sensitive as these fucking Gen Zers. And not all of us is our, our hardcore as these, you know, Gen Xs and the, and the boomers. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we have the highest number of middle-of-the-road conscious human beings who are able to conversate and talk. And as many times as people on Facebook have tried to attack me, if I have kept a level head and have just stated my facts and have just let them be steamworthy, let them have their steam, they've eventually not, not necessarily agreed with me, but at least they have accepted that I get to have a voice. Yeah. And that is what we need to promote. That's where we're going. That's where, that's what we need to do as as a country. This fucking right. And I'm from the different generation, but yeah, I definitely try and ride that same road. And I think it's partly because you know I got a son that was born the same year as you, '93, and I got another yeah. one in '95. So I think just having those two guys has helped me kind of blend from a generation yeah. X. You've to, to because you actually guys. listen to your kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus. So I've got their perspective, plus I also have my 75-year-old dad's perspective, you know. So I'm kind of in the middle as well on both yeah, you, sides. You, you, I think we yeah. all are. Yeah, we all should be. Yeah. But where the reason my generation gets the Oreo generation um, love is because of just the technological advancement. 
Um, whereas, what's that? Uh, the camera probably cut off. Uh, is, that, is that the time? Is that what that means? Yeah. Hour and 37 minutes. That's usually about what time it works. Let's take a pause real quick, and I'll kind of reset some things. For cool, second. yeah. We'll see where we're going. I got a potty anyway. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll be back. Well, we're back on now, though. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. I just realized that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a radio personality. Your radio personality? Yeah, this is meant for me. I figured it out. As I was holding my penis in my hand, taking a pee, <laughs> I was like, you know what? You were built for radio. There you go. I mean, you definitely uh, have the gift of gab, for sure. You got a good voice for it. I don't know if you have to look for it. Maybe I look Maybe great. just radio. <laughs> yeah, just not radio. TV, but. Definitely just radio. Oh, man. Time for some politics, right? Mm. Some so politics? Not, yeah. yeah. I'm not as... As great on politics talks as well. I don't know if I'm great on religion talk either. I mean, I don't know a lot either. I I can firmly say that we we both kind of agree. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to vote for Bernie since Yang didn't make it. Well, here's what I know about about politics. What I know about politics is I was born in 1972, and I don't know how many presidents I've been through since then. Reaganomics. But um, I have not noticed one difference in my daily life, no matter what president was in the office. And, of course, I grew up during some economic times where I maybe would have felt it if I was a working guy at the time. But I'm a kid, you know. So I can honestly say that from my birth all the way up until now at 47 years old, I have not noticed an iota of difference in whoever the president is in the office. It's because of the fucking checks and balances, man. So I really don't care, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't want a jackass in the office, which I feel like we have now. I don't want somebody that makes the... uh, America look bad and that people say, oh, who's this jackass in the office that just fucking I mean, but haven't we makes jokes of, about everybody and ha- has we, a pet name for everybody and just tweets all the goddamn time. I'd rather not have that guy, but does the president make a difference in my Bush, life? Though? What's that? Like since Bush, haven't we? Maybe, maybe that's just like, actually since Clinton, I feel like after Clinton got caught with his dick in Monica's mouth, I feel like from that moment, nobody could take America seriously again. Like it just, I just think like that was what it was because we kept everything else hush hush. But that was also the dawn of media. That was like when media coverage was like really big, you right? Know what I mean? And internet. I mean, and that's internet. the biggest thing. That was the start. Now of you internet. see everybody's yeah. voice. Y two K. You know, Y two K just happened. I think I don't. I don't remember. I was like six. Yeah. I mean, me and your son are the same age. You're talking about. So, um, which I think would be great if we were talking about getting your son on a three way. Um, not sexual. Well, yeah. But, yeah. Well, <laughs> three-way call. He's married, guys. But I think it would be really cool <laughs> for us three to do another podcast because you have good views um, as, like, a father of somebody my age. But me and him, like, our views, like, how different would they be? Or would they be, like, really? They'd be a good question, Ash. You know what I mean? Like, how, right. How different how are, are you because just we based are, on age? Yeah, just based on age. You know what I mean? Because we, we went through the same stuff. Maybe not background wise like maybe not growing up but like at least not maybe not even fiscally i don't know like how how like rich or poor or whatever his growing up was but at least like the political times we saw 9-11 the same day we i mean everybody did but we were both third graders sitting in a class not knowing what was happening we had to witness Obama getting into office right before he graduated. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Which would still, no matter what your ages are, even if you're born on the same day, right? I mean, it's going to be totally different perspectives. I mean, yeah, my yeah. son was on an Air Force base and an Air Force run school. And you were probably in some public school here in a small town. Yeah. So much different 
look at what happened during 9-11, probably. It would be really cool just to see like where it's similar to that. Like we're just because we're we're of the same generation that we have like maybe the same end goal. Which I can't say that we do. I've just I just noticed that a lot of people a lot of people my age are feeling the same way, man. Right. About the world. Like it's it's Well, I mean, I'm friends with a lot of you guys. Yeah, um, yeah. In, in that same time period, uh, musician wise and otherwise, but so I, I see it just in my day to day interaction that 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 uh, is that the three way happening? I see that just in my day to day interaction with you guys on online, social Instagram, media. social media, whatever. That by the way, I you guys' views media. that you guys' views are pretty similar. I um, I just want to say this uh, for anybody listening. <laughs> I personally love Brian Dale's social media. All right, well, I appreciate. Um, it. I try only, very hard at it only because I know every time he comments on something of mine, um, that I now have to explain who he is to my mother. <laughs> She's like, who's this guy that says God is around? I was like, Mom, he didn't say that. Yeah. That's not what he's saying. He's just he's just questioning things, which is great. That's a that means that you actually love life. And so, like to the political side of things, I agree with you, man. I don't think I really don't think our president does much of shit. Or at least I'm always a devil's advocate. I, I don't always believe in what I'm what I say or what I what I post out on Facebook. It might just be the opposite viewpoint. I, I like to have opposite viewpoints. I like to present the other side of an argument. You like to challenge just to see. I just like to think. I like other yeah. people to think. I like people to not stay in one box and not have blinders on and only think one way. There's a million ways to think out there, which we've already discussed with this whole religion thing. But um, So I just like people to think. A lot What's of people don't think. They just follow. What's it saying? The quickest way to skin a cat? Just put a water hose up his butt and turn it on? <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. Um, no, there's like a million ways to skin a cat, is what they say, and um, I don't know how they figured that out because it seems like animal abuse. But yeah, yeah. Uh. Well, I mean, like yeah. speaking of a post, as far as that, I mean, you posted today, right? That you, I guess, you got a new car. Yeah, God bless, I got a new car. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, just, like, I, I think I said, oh, God's a salesman. The car. Salesman. And I said we were talking about it. So yeah, yeah. Talking about it. <laughs> uh, we we already said religion, but we'll come back. So the political economic system has made it to where as a drug addict and as a drug abuser and as an alcoholic um, with the socioeconomic standard of being middle class, I'm not allotted the ability to be a drug and alcohol abuser and have a normal life. Or the socioeconomic standard just isn't that way. Um, what I get paid... Well, dr- even drugs and alcohol are, are two separate things, really. Yeah, yeah. Especially like you can be, you can be an Did average you? alcohol user... Yeah. And still have a great life. Um, but you're a normie. You're a normal person. Um, well, I'm saying even as far as uh, criminal, criminal act or whatever, oh, yeah, or the way yeah. politics um, treats both of those people. You know, if you're alcoholic, you just have a disease. Let's get you some help and some treatment. Oh, yeah. But if, yeah. You, if you're smoking weed or some other kind of drug, let's send you to jail because you're a criminal. You know, that's oh, yeah. not a disease. Oh, that, you got that's one. a criminal you got act. One. You got one. That's good. You got one, you got one burp on there. Um, the sweet tea's trying to get me. Um so politically, man, yeah, we're fucked. Um, until we, until we start worrying about recovery, and I don't say that because I'm recovering, because recovery means more than just, oh, like let's get the drug addicts and alcoholics better. Recovering is is a daily, daily. Everybody, everybody needs some sort of recovery, whether it's economic, whether it's emotional, whether it's we don't focus on humanity enough. We focus on the dollar sign too much, <clears throat> and that's not to say that I'm some like. 
Well, that goes along with the post I made the other day. Oh, yeah, exactly. Hum, human, yeah, human. consumerism and, and humanity. But um, I think you can be a consumer and also a humanitarian, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I feel like politically they make us choose. Um, and I'm all about why not both? You know what I mean? Like in every day, of, in every way of my life, I'm like, why not both? Well, that's where you know, democratic socialism comes in, I think. But it's, it's a little bit of a blend of well, you still have a capitalist system, but you have some social aspects, which we already have. Yeah. I mean, you, um, sorry, I'm lining up a date while I'm, I'm already famous. I'm lining up a date while I'm <laughs> Playing a couple of shows this week, which I'll get to, and I'll nice. shamelessly plug those. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, speaking of shamelessly plug, I wanted to plug something a while back, and I forgot about it. Um, I know I'm interrupting no, you. No, you do it. We do were it. talking about misogyny, not misogyny, monogamy. Yeah, misogyny and, too. And some other <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But um, my buddy's podcast, uh, Caleb Choir, who used to be the co-host on this show, mm-hmm. created the show, created the logo, all these kind of things. Um, he just had a, a guest on, Dominique, and I can't remember her last name. On his new podcast called Like I Said, um, and the whole show was about monogamy and why monogamy is not a good thing. We should all just be uh, sleeping with everybody. It's kind of what the, Ooh, the, gest, the gist of the podcast was. So it was a great show, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to plug that for uh, Caleb over here. Like I Said podcast, Caleb, find it on all the uh, podcast avenues. Caleb, if you're listening, let's redo that one, bring her back, and let me talk to her. All right. I'll make her a monogamous I'll make a While you're plugging woman stuff. out of her. <laughs> <laughs> While you're plugging stuff, I figured I forgot to plug that. So. Well, you know what? Just to go on with that, I, I mean, I don't think monogamy works for everybody. I think you got to find out what works for you. Yeah. And I think as long as you're honest with yourself and you're honest with your partners, then it shouldn't matter. You know what I mean? It really shouldn't. Like, it's, it's weird. But that's where that yeah. institute of marriage comes in that we talked about. But right? once you're in a marriage, you should be in a marriage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, if you're agreeing to be with a person, be with them. Yeah. But don't agree to be with them if you don't want to be with them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking stupid. Like, don't, like, don't waste somebody's life and their time if you just want to fuck everything else. Be honest with them. Be like, hey, babe, I would love to have a baby with you. I would love for you to live with me and be my house person. But on the weekends, when I go drink with the boys, I'd like to get my dick sucked by some random bitch. And that sounds horrible when I say it. You know why? Because... It doesn't, it's it's not necessarily what everybody agrees with. But if you're comfortable enough with yourself and you feel like you can be open and honest and you feel like you can deal with the repercussions of it, per se. Like, I don't know too many women who, I mean, obviously say with a little bit more couth, but I don't know too many women who would, would be down with that. No. Um, you know what I mean? So, well, but that's just because that's what's been ingrained in our head. I don't know. I don't know if that is necessarily so. I think it's, I think men are natural beings of we need to spread our seed because we can spread our seed until the day we die. Mm-hmm. We, we don't, I mean, unless you're already impotent, you really, you really don't stop being, um, you really don't stop being able to have babies until you can't get your dick hard. And then they have a pill for that. Yeah. Um, but women, they <clears throat> have a certain amount of time in their life that they can have a child. And when you have that bond, when two people make a child, there's something chemically that happens that makes you want to have that tribe, as you put it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you notice these women that have multiple baby daddies, they're cool with polygamy. Um, not necessarily cool with polygamy, like, um, but like they obviously didn't stay with the same person when they had a kid. That's fine too. 
But like, there's something naturally ingrained in us as humans. And I don't think it's the way society taught. I think eventually at a certain point, our genetics shifted, like our evolution shifted to say that it made more sense to create little tribes than it did to just spread seed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like... But how does that, and I didn't mean to take us on this direction, but we're no, talking about politics, but so how does that align with, with the religious aspect? Because to me, it seems like most religions, at least the Christian faith, believe that uh, marriage should be between a man and a woman, that, that there should be marriage, and that uh, the family whole va- family values thing is you should have a, a conjoined you know, man and a woman and a family and a picket fence and a dog and all that kind of stuff. So how does that align with what you're talking about now, that you should be allowed to, to kind of do what you want to do? Um, you know what? I, ha- I have a personal answer for that that aligns with my beliefs. I don't remember Jesus talking about marriage. A yeah. lot, a lot. I mean, he may have said, you know, like, if you're married, don't cheat on your wife. Which, then again, that's just morally correct. Like, if, you, if you've made that decision to be with that person... Don't be a dick. But I don't recall. I mean, like yeah, I, I said, don't know. I don't know what the Bible says. Well, and, and like I guess I need to study it a little bit more. Um, one of my favorite things to do is. But I know that Christians will preach that, that, you know, here, you know, we've lost our values and this country's going to hell because of broken homes and single parents and all this kind of stuff. But, well, scientifically, it says when you have two parents, male and a female, um, and I think this is just because of perspective, I don't think it has anything to do. But like a male brain and a female brain, and I don't mean that to say they have to be a male body and a female body, but a uh, a figurehead that is a type A personality or, or a certain type of personality, which is traditionally a male personality, and a figurehead that is traditionally more nurturing, whereas males are more like, father figures are more like, come on, son, let's go, you know what I mean? Um, if you have two nurturing personalities, you're going to become a baby. I mean, if you have two hardcore personalities, you're going to become abused asshole. If you have a nurturing personality and a and a tough love personality, you're going to get both sides of the, of the spectrum. Right. It's and the it's yin gonna, and yang of life and, the, and pretty exactly. much everything. Yeah. So let's. Oh, here we go. Matthew 19, 1, 12. I always <laughs> talk about what Jesus said, right? What Jesus taught about marriage and divorce. Uh, when he finished talking, he went to the country of Galilee and came to the part of the country of Judea, Jordan River, blah, blah, blah. Many people have fallen here. Um, here we go. The proud religious law keepers came to Jesus. They tried to trap him by saying, does the law say a man can divorce his wife for any reason? He said to them, have you not read that he who made them is the in the first place made them man and woman? It says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and will live with his wife. The two will become one. So they are no longer two, but one. Let no man divide what God has put together, right? Okay. So, that's basically, so his first answer is, once you get married, once you get married, you shouldn't get divorced because you're one person, right? It'd be like separating yourself. But then he goes on to say, so he doesn't say, you know, you have to get married. He just says, what God brought together. So what these... I guess that's the biggest thing is, they think divorce is blasphemy, right? Um, well... Or I say they... You know. Well, yeah. Well, so here's where it goes. The proud religious lawkeeper said to Jesus, then why did the law of Moses allow a man to divorce his wife if he put it down in writing and gave it to her? Jesus said to them, because of your hard hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. It was not like that from the beginning. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sex sins and marries another, is guilty of sex sins and marriage. 
Whoever marries her that is divorced is guilty of sex, sins in marriage. His followers are said to them, If that is the way of a man with his wife, it is better not to be married. Jesus said to them, Not all men are able to do this, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are some men who from birth will never be able to have children. There are some men who have been made made so by men. There are some men who have had themselves made that way because of the holy nation of heaven. The one who is able to do this, let him do it. So, in the beginning of it, the, the people were asking him about divorce. Because that was the big topic, right? They didn't have a lot of same-sex people because polygamy polygamy was a pagan thing. Jesus didn't talk about it because it, it, didn't, it didn't concern him. You know what I mean? It didn't concern him. It, he said, because he only answered questions that were asked of him. You know what I mean? He didn't go around like spouting just random nonsense. A lot of Jesus' teachings were like shit that people asked him. People trying to trip him up. And he just answered their question. And it was like an interview with him. And they said he said, listen, if God brought you together, then let nothing tear you apart. And if you're true believers of God, then you won't get divorced. And they said, well, then why, why can people get divorced? And he said, because people could, because God knew that you motherfuckers couldn't keep your shit together, so he gave you a way out. But I'm saying that if you're truly following, you know, my path and God, first of all, you'll painstakingly search to see if you need to get married. Everyone should would, should marriage counsel before they get married. Everyone. They should get counseling. They should. Um, but again, this whole thing just still contradicts everything that, that we talk about is, you know, well, because they got divorced, that, that was God's will for them to go find a different partner. Not necessarily. Or that was their free will that God allowed them to have. So either way, yeah, they're that, right. That was their free will. And you know what? And and this people also, condemn it though. But well, either way, they're right in that aspect. So it was either God's plan or it was free will. So God never plans on a marriage breaking up. I'll tell you that much right now. Once two people are married in front of God and God blesses that marriage, if those two people do everything it takes to stay married, they will stay married. It just is what it is. It is by hum it is by first A choosing the wrong partner. So not so by not seeking God when you're choosing a partner and choosing of your own volition. <clears throat> what about people that have arranged marriages that didn't choose their partner? They stay together. That's not my that's not my not my worry. <laughs> it's not my religion. How do we get back these people are probably saying, why are we back on religion? I thought we've moved on from <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. How about this? How about this? I'll make a deal with you. I'll go do some research. And we'll say like a month or two from now we'll do strictly religion podcast, all right. and we'll we'll do just all religion, uh, politics. We both agree we're all fucked. Legalize we. Well, I don't know. I don't think we're all <laughs> fucked, but uh, I, I don't like the. I don't like the connotation that the president has. The way it makes America look, I don't like that aspect of it. Does he do some good things? Is he a fairly good businessman? Probably. I mean, he probably makes some good decisions. Mm -hmm. He sits in a boardroom. He has good thoughts. He's a good thinker, probably. But I, I think he's taking this. I think he's dividing the country. I think he's done some good things. But I think people-wise, he's causing a rift. He's saying, this is my tribe and this is your tribe. And he's split the country up into two different parts. But And I think, I think most... Presidents do that. I mean, there's two sides for a reason. There's a Republican mm -hmm. and a Democratic side. So, but I think the division has become more definitely <laughs> for sure. Um, so to play devil's advocate, right? So let's look at the glass half full, right? He's already our president. Nothing we can do about it. 
Uh, well, we tried. Yeah. Or they tried. Somebody tried. tried. I I hate to say we, because I'm not really on either side. I didn't try to impeach Donald Trump. I honestly didn't give a fuck about politics until about three weeks ago. So maybe if I would have tried harder, uh, Andrew Yang wouldn't have have failed out. I gave him a few Uh, bucks, but it didn't work. Uh, what did you know? What did you see that that media blackout post that I posted? They were they were blacking him out. He got no media coverage until yeah, it's all it, all fair and love and warm politics. Yeah. So what he's doing now is now he has a now people know who he is. So you know what happens? 2024, Yeah. Backing in again, and he'll probably pull Bernie Sanders. He'll probably like most of the nation will probably be behind him by then. So here's what I suggest, right? We either, we either go the opposite radical route, elect Bernie Sanders, try to allow him to make the changes he feels necessary, if the House allows it. I mean, you got to think about that. He doesn't just get to say, healthcare is free now. He has to pass the bill. Sure. Yeah, everybody I mean, thinks he just... Giving away free stuff all day yeah, long. Yeah, he that's, has to pass a bill. That's the he has total to, bullshit line. Yeah, he has to, like, same thing with Andrew Yang's UBI. He has to get that bill passed. Is Bernie Sanders, with the way the nation is running right now, possibly able to get it done faster? Maybe. We have enough young Democrats who are all for the burn. Um, do we have enough free-thinking people that are scared of socialism in the way that he has... Um, displayed it? Yes. A lot of people know um, the big thing is like, look at Venezuela, look at Venezuela. I don't think we'll ever be like Venezuela um, because I think we're too, not that we're too smart, I think we're going to catch it before we get that far. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, I think that's that, that's the problem that happened with Venezuela is they didn't catch it until well, it was already too late. Yeah. And I mean, people, they always tout that. Well, look at this person, they were socialist, they failed. Look at this country, they, they failed. Look at this country, they failed. Well, Look at all the other stuff that's failed in this country before we finally got it right. The light bulb, the telephone, the fucking wheel, the car, I mean, combustion engines. I mean, the, I mean, look at all the... Uh, why, why can't you eventually make it work yeah. if you just keep tweaking it and keep thinking, keep looking at what didn't go right and try and fix that? I mean, yeah, if we're the greatest nation in the world, why can't we do socialism better? You know what I mean? Right. Like, like to say with this, this, and no offense, like I don't... First of all, everybody who has ever served in the military, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do, and I'm sorry that you're a pawn in some money war that you didn't start. Um, that is just facts. I don't care what you think. I'm glad you do what you do because you protect my freedom to say that shit. Um, but you are a pawn in a war that you don't shouldn't have to fight. Right. Um, and the bad thing is, is when you you know I did 21 plus years in the military. But the bad thing is, they don't really get a voice. I mean, you're not allowed to stand up to the president. You're not even. It's against the rules to even badmouth the president. The current, yeah, current. Yeah, if you're in the military, so I mean, they don't have a voice. They're pretty much told what they're going to do, and they have to do it, or else they get kicked out, and they get a dishonorable discharge, and then they can't get another job, and then they get on drugs, and then they fucking kill themselves. So you want to talk about slavery? Um, (laughs) That's slavery, dude. The military slavery. Um, I don't. uh, It is a false sense of pride, um, a national pride, patriotic pride that they hook you in with. Serve your nation, serve your nation, and then they make you a slave. Yeah, you know what I mean. Think about every time the na- every time the government shuts down. If you forgot to save some money, you're fucked. Yeah. And they don't have any kickbacks from military. They don't have any. So you know what I mean. Like 
all this military spending on, on endless wars and stuff, but we don't take care of our vets. Did you know that the percentage of vets in recovery is astronomically high? Oh, yeah. And it is because of them going over there. The The percentage of suicides in vets is astronomically high. Um, I mean, one of my one of my associates and friends just recently passed away. Um, I'm not going to say any names or anything because I don't want to. But anybody who's listening to this who knows what I'm talking about, yeah, he was a vet. Yeah. And he was young. Well, just the military young. in general is 22 suicides a day. So why? What are we fucking protecting? Yeah. You know what I mean? What are we protecting? How many times have we been attacked since 9-11? On our soil. Yeah, just do by you, ourselves. Do you really <laughs> by think it's because we're over there <clears throat> keeping them at bay? No, dude. We fucking solved the problem, and now we're over there. But that's what they tell you, right? Yeah. We have to fight those wars over there to keep them from coming over here. No, no, dude. You know what that's we do? what they tell to scare the American people. You know what we do? We fought our war. We killed the person we needed to fucking kill. Bring all of our troops back home. Let us go back to a peaceful way of life. And if some other motherfucker bombs us, then we do the same thing again. You know what I mean? That's what we did in World War One. That's what we did in World War Two. Vietnam War didn't work out because we went and picked a fight that we shouldn't even been in. Yeah. You know what I mean? We but probably the benefit of pulling out is we're going to stop pissing those people off. They're not going to want to harm us anymore because we're not occupying their fucking country. Do you remember what George Washington... Well, you don't remember. I mean, you're old enough to remember, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But what did George Washington say when he was leaving office, man? He said, clean your side of the fucking street. Yeah. He said... He said... Tend to your own garden. Tend to your own garden. Don't get in any other wars. Don't worry about other people's shit. And for the longest time, the reason French people hate us, we wouldn't back them. As, they helped us get our independence, and then immediately they needed our help, and you know what we did? Sorry, bro. Like We, yeah. we need to focus on us right now. It was like a bad breakup. We were like, we, it's not you, it's us. We need to, we need to focus on us right now. We're too young. Yeah. We need to shop around. And all the way up until, I mean, I'm not, I'm not very, like, I'm not a history buff by any means, but at least, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but... All the way up until, like, I want to say it was, like, the Vietnam War. We didn't really jump into shit unless they fucked with us first. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to say World War II was Japan fucked with us. And that's why we got in it. We literally were like, we don't want none of that. We don't care. Now, it's not that we don't care, but it's like, we're not getting involved. Germany's doing their shit. Like, but it wasn't until Pearl Harbor happened that we were like, all right, now it's our problem. Yeah. And then America went in that shit, fucked people up, won World War II, and we went about our business. And then you know what happened after that? We started getting jumping into shit that wasn't our problem. Mm. Well, we saw we saw the <clears throat> the benefits of war. We saw the war machine. We saw the the money that we made off of that war, World War II, and we just kept that military machine going. Dude, but imagine all the money we could make if we just stopped. Like imagine all the well, money we could make if we just. I'm went. sure there's been people out there that have crunched those numbers, and I guess people think the war machine is is more profitable. No, no. See, so think about it: is the war machine is profitable because you're. Because you're sacrificing lives for dollars, but what you happen? What, what happens if you take all those military people? Right, they don't lose jobs. They become national defense. They become border patrol. That's what you want. <coughs> they become more. They, we have more police officers. We have more firefighters. We have more hospital workers. Take all those specialized skills that are overseas right now, and we give them jobs here, back in America. Talk about bringing jobs home. Fuck those factory jobs. Bring the troops home. Give them the jobs that they signed up for. Create more jobs. You know what I'm saying? And then those people are spending that money in their own economy. Yeah. Those people aren't sending that money back. I mean, they may be spending sending their money 
back to their loved ones and stuff, but it's not getting sent. It's not getting spent in their own economy. And most of those people... Well, they're making money tax-free over there, too, so they're not putting any money back into the economy at all. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's like, you bring our troops home, you set up good defenses here. You know what I mean? More You, you want more TSA? What would you rather have? Would you rather have a trained fucking soldier or some fat kid with a wand? I would want to train soldiers as my TSA agent. Not like a dick, because I've met a lot. A lot of soldiers are really cool as shit. A lot of vets are just normal people, just like police officers. Just normal people who chose to have that as their job. Oh, yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? So it's like, why not? Like, why not have all these defense jobs? Like, stop giving them the fucking fat kids. And, oh, you're, you're preaching to the choir, you know, man. But our government doesn't see it that way. Like you said, the war machine. But what happens is, I'm not preaching anarchy, but... The Constitution says, if we don't like our government, we can tell them to fucking stop. They can't stop us from shutting them down. Yeah. It's always been they can't for the people, us. by the people, but it's not right now. But it, it's only not right now because nobody nobody gets that through their head. Yeah. Nobody gets it through their head. Because when they start bombing us and when they start attacking us civilians, you don't think like... Other countries are gonna be like, holy fuck, like the government's going down, blah blah blah. blah. Like like a revolution is how all these other countries got free again. Yeah. Well, uh, eventually you need a revolution. It can be peaceful or it can be violent. But it's like what we can do it either way we want. So we can make it peaceful, we can protest, we can march on Capitol Hill, and we can say, Bring our fucking troops home. We don't need war. You know what I mean? War should be put to a vote anyway. I don't think... I don't think... Well, it is put to a vote all the time. They do consensuses all the time and, and polls and people want our troops out of there. But again, our government right now is not for the people by the people. But what I'm saying though is that, that it shouldn't... Like, government-wise, politically-wise, it should not be that way. Legally, legally, basically, if we say we don't want our troops in... We, we want all of our troops home. We're done with the war. The war needs to be over. If our government should have 72 hours to 72 to like maybe a week to, to pass it through, you know, obviously it would take like a month or two to start pulling everybody out. But we can't just go, hey, guys, we're all going home. Oh, but, yeah, it would take a while. But it would take a little while to pull everybody out. But that should be passed if we if we vote on it. But those are the things that are not getting voted on. Those aren't, those aren't even in. I guarantee you those aren't even bills. Those aren't even being worried about. You know why? Because the power sits with the president. And the attorney, or, uh, the the Secretary of Defense, I think. Um, I'm, I guess I don't know everything about politics. Sure. But the president gets that power. He can declare war on people, and they just have to do it. And that makes no fucking sense to me. Um, I don't think it should make sense to anybody. Cause well, I mean, theoretically, it's supposed to go through Congress, yes. But under circumstances like he did with Soleimani, I mean, he can say it's an emergency I say fucking kill this motherfucker, go to war, whatever. But, yeah, it's supposed to be voted on. Yeah, but it's, I mean, even if it is voted on, then that means that we're fucking up in Congress. We're putting the wrong people in Congress. You know what we need? We need more, we need more uh, fucking 27 and 28-year-olds in Congress. As much as they don't think that we know what's going on and that we're spur of the moment, that we're not mature enough yet, um, we'll find them. Oh, it's amazing all these young people that are in Congress that people just despise. And it's only because of their age. We're progressive. We're progressive, yeah. though. We're actually trying to solve the world's problems. Yeah, you're bucking the status quo and, and coming up with new ideas. And people are just like, nah, 
Let's stick with the same old, same old. I mean, fuck it, dude. If you want to be the greatest, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you know what the greatest basketball teams in the world um, do. You know what the greatest um, football team in America does. You know what the greatest, um, greatest scientists, the greatest, the greatest anything. You know what they do? They do something until it stops working, and then they fix it. So our government has stopped working. So now it's time to fix it. I don't think Bernie Sanders is the answer, but I think I think Trump, like Andrew Yang says, Trump is not the problem. He is a he is not the disease, he's a symptom of the disease. Um well, here, think, well, yeah, here's the thing is the House and the Senate, right? I mean, you you gotta have term limits, I think. Yes. You definitely. got these people that are in there forever. You know, I liken it to the military. You know, every base I went to, I, you know, I'd stay at a base two, three, four years, maybe at the most, and then somebody else new would come in. And then I'd go to a new base. I'm the new guy. I've got other new people to come in that are, I'm in charge over that are in charge of me. And there's always turnover of ideas. There's always... Here's how I can um, bring up the... Ingenuity option. being spurred where you got these guys that are sitting in there. So no matter what president you get in there, they've got all these new ideas, but you got all these old guys that are sitting in there that, that have... You're not going to change their mind because they're just setting their ways. You got to have that turnover of ideas, and that's not happening in Congress, I think. Um, so here's a cool way I can bring up Oxford Homes now because um, Oxford Homes is something I want to talk about. So I live in an Oxford Home. What an Oxford Home is is a sober living house that is democratically ran. There are positions such as the government, president, treasurer, um, comptroller, all that good stuff. They each have their own job. Yeah. Um, one gives out you know the household chores and all this stuff. The way they have their term limit set up is you have X amount of time to be that position. You can become any other position in the house except for the position that you previously had. So you have to take one break. Mm. So like say I'm the president, right? When it's up for re-election, I cannot run for president again. I can run for secretary general or I can run for treasurer, vice president. I can run for anything else but president. Then I can come back to being president. Now there are no I can be president as many times as I want. Okay. As long as I want to run for president, but only after I've taken a, a that period of a break. So let's say four years, right? We'll do four years. Well, let's put this on every congressperson, right? Every single governor. Yes, we'll be doing elections a lot more often. You know, if we're doing like every five years, every seven years, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna be getting fresh people in and we're gonna get fresh applicants in. You know what I mean? We're gonna get I think it's Somerville Mayor. Who is it? Uh, Who won the election? What the hell was his name? It wasn't Fleming Moore. Fleming Moore, you did not win. Um, No offense to Fleming Moore. I love you, dude, and you're a great person. Um, But I I can't remember the fucking guy's name now. Fleming Moore, if you would have won, it would have been counterproductive to my argument. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason. But but the fuck is his name? The the twenty the It was Wiley Johnson. Yeah, the twenty-seven, twenty-eight-year-old guy that ran. Um, King, Brandon King. Yeah, Brandon King. Right? Great guy. Great hand on his shoulders. Um, I didn't get to make it to any of his political speeches, so I don't know if, you know, if he was as sound as a public figure. He did pretty was, well. I mean, I went, to, I went to a lot of them and, and watched a lot of them online, but yeah, he was okay. I mean, he was definitely green, you know. He uh, didn't, have the, politics, not, didn't have the experience of public speaking as much as everybody else and yeah. things like that, but, but yeah, he green went, to politics. He was, green, he was green to politics, but he wasn't green to his ideas. His ideas were very firm in him. And 
That's what I'm saying. He just he had a little trouble expressing those yeah. just because of experience. He didn't yeah. have experience talking in front of people. So and, why? So like, we'll put it this way. So why are we voting in people who are in their 40s and 50s and 60s into an office when the majority of the people who are voting for that person right now is between 26 and 37? Majority of our population, because new people, like, our population replenish um, <clears throat> amount is the lowest it's ever been. So, like, people my age up to, like, 33 are not having kids. We just aren't. Yeah. Uh, are not at the rate that we were. Um, because we can't economically afford it. Um, a lot of us are going through depression issues. Most of us are single. Whatever, what have you, whatever the, the stipulation right. is. Yeah, my generation was 19, 20 years old. You were having kids. That was a stipulation to it. So, um... If the voice is the loudest voice in the room gets heard, right now we're letting 5% of the population control 95% of the population. We're letting not only the 1%, but also the people over the age of 50. We're letting their voice be way louder when they're the, like one of the smaller portions of America. They are. I mean, like... Well, but they're the ones that vote. And that's, that's the, the other problem. problem. And that's the problem. Is that because we all know that our vote doesn't matter, um, because we've seen it not matter. Yeah, and I mean, we've I believe that matter. wholeheartedly. That That's why I don't vote. Yeah. I don't believe my vote so, matters until, either. But then I believe I, this country was bought and sold a long time ago. But what I realize is this, is right, is your vote matters all the way up until House of Representatives. So your vote matters up to about governor. Um and then your governor, even though you vote on House of Representatives, your governor and and your and you the people kind of conjointly, your vote plus the governor's opinion, kind of choose your two reps, right? So that's about the last place that we vote on, right? And the thing about it is if you're a Republican, you can't vote for your Democratic rep. And if well you can, but you you can't vote. You mean well, why can't I vote for both sides? Yeah. Why we get one rep from each party. Why can't I vote for both reps? Why do I have to choose a side? That's counterproductive to what we're doing politically. Why can't I have a political... Like, even if I vote Republican in the big debate, the one person, President of the United States, why can't I equally vote to get him there? Like, why can't I only vote for my Democratic representative? Yeah. That makes no sense to me. Why I should be able to vote for everybody. And class president, you get, like when you go for class president, you get to vote for the president and the treasurer and the vice president and all that. You don't have to choose which which person you vote for. You don't have to be like, well, I'm going to vote for president, so that means I can't vote for who's going to be the treasurer. Ricky Waring. Ricky Waring. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I knew I'd uh, remember it eventually. He? Um, he's up there. He's, uh, I would say in his sixties, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, him and, and the other guy, I can't remember the other guy's name now, but the two front runners, um, you know, they've been in, in um, not Congress, what's the uh, the city council? They've been in city council for years. So, theoretically, they've been in the office of the mayor for a long time, and that's who people voted on because they, they don't want somebody different. Everybody wants just the same thing so you know how we fuck that up, over right? and over again. Do so you know how we fucked that up, right? They didn't want a Brandon King. They didn't want a Fleming Moore. They want somebody outside of the system. So, you know how we fucked that up? How we completely fucked the political system up? Bill Hearn was the other guy. Bill Hearn. 
more candidates that are out of the system. So even if, even if the one person, even if who you think is going to win. So the reason, oh, like, actually, this brings my point. The reason I fought so hard for Andrew Yang, right? Everybody and their brother said, why are you fighting for somebody who's going to drop out in a couple of days? And the reason why is because you're thinking. Somebody's got to. Well, no, not even that. You're thinking about this election, right? I already know who the government has decided to keep. And if for some reason Bernie Sanders makes it in, it's going to be four years of nothing happening. Nothing's going to happen. Well, depending on how the other seats change up and some some other things that a few have to happen. He's going to do the same thing that happened with the Obama Bush transition. He's going to undo. He's going to do the same thing that happened with the Trump Obama transition. It always He's going to undo. You have a Republican, a Democrat, Republican, yeah, Republican, and you're just going to undo what was already done, right? Which is the yin and yang again of politics. So, uh, so officially, nothing's going to happen. Essentially. No major, huge, world-changing things are going to happen. <clears throat> some good things are going to come out of it. Some bad things are going to come out of it. But Bernie Sanders is old as fuck. He probably will not get a second term if he makes it through his first term. Why not already have your new way of thinking? Andrew Yang's way of thinking is now in the public. It's now in the mind's eye. It doesn't matter whether he won or not. It just matters that now that is a public idea. Now people have that idea in their brain. It's a seed planted that can possibly grow. So, like, say I want to go run for mayor, right? Brandon King wants to run for mayor. Uh, Fleming Moore. Maybe two other candidates. Now we have seven candidates running for mayor. A couple of us have the same ideals. So what we do is, like Brandon King and me, we may think the same exact way change one single part of our platform so that we both can stay running because you can't have the same exact platform or else there's no point in you two as candidates running. You One person would just support the other, right? Yeah. So in the Democratic election, everybody kind of had the same platform with like <clears throat> one little thing twisted. You know, Andrew Hanks being the UBI, um, Bernie Sanders being uh, Medicaid for all, and I mean, obviously, they're yeah. Democrats. They should align exactly. for the most part. But, exactly. Yeah. So, but what we do is we all take we all we all go to we all go to the mail. Although Bernie is really an independent, but yeah, he's got to run on a ticket. Yang is an independent who has to run on a ticket, and he chose Democrat because he even says it in his. Uh, did you watch the interview with Joe Rogan? Yeah. Oh yeah. He, sa- he says it in there. He goes. He goes. Why are you running as a Democrat? He goes because you have to. There's no way to know yeah, you. Got to pick no, no I mean, eventually, I think there's going to be a third party, but it's it's down the road. Oversee, I mean, yeah, way. Not, I'm talking about like my kids' kids. Yeah. Like, um, but like back to the story. It's like if we all just put our ideas out there, know that we're not going to run. Like running as a mayor, you're not wasting a lot of money to try to run as a mayor, and you can't really like Andrew Yang only was able to do as a nobody what he's able to do because he was an entrepreneur, so he had a little bit of base income. Your average Joe, who is smart in politics, never be able to do that. Not unless we changed up how to pick the president, like maybe like American Idol, where the like where the government pays for your campaign. Why don't we do it that way? Since the government's fucking paying for all random bullshit anyway. You want us to pick the next? You know, get some TV ratings in there. Have people have people pay to get some ads in there. You know, get some funding. Do it that way. Well, you know. 
I've never gotten behind this whole funding thing anyways. Why we got to raise so much goddamn money to run for a freaking office. Where does it go? That's yeah, where does it, where does it go once you once you why stop do you have running? to raise two why, why do you have to raise 2 million dollars <clears throat> by cuz I was I mean, just like I was an Air Force recruiter for a while for 4 years and I didn't I wasn't able to to get donors or anything for anything. I had to go out like if I wanted to put a billboard up in my in my area, I had to go and fight for them to give me a billboard for free. If I wanted to get a, a PSA or a, a spot on a radio station or a TV channel, I had to go to them and say, hey, will you please play this PSA on your radio station for free? I couldn't raise any money to go pay for that radio spot. I had to go out and try and sell and get these people to play my ads for free and to put up billboards for free. Um, why can't politicians do the same thing? Why can't they go out and just offer their good graces, have people play their spots? Why do we have to raise all this money? Also, you know also, if all these people already paid so well, Nancy Pelosi, or not Nancy Pelosi, um, what's her name? The chick that said she was like Native American, but she looks white as fuck. Uh, Democrat. Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Warren. Elizabeth Warren. She was like... I mean, she's got a little bit of Native American. Whatever, dude. Everybody's got a little bit of Native American. <laughs> how do you think we lost all the Native Americans? White people fucked them out of existence. Yeah. Fucked them or killed them. That's how it happened. Yeah. I'm half Native American. You wouldn't be able to tell you know what I mean? Well, I got somebody corrected me online the other day that it's in, they're Indians, they're not Native Americans. No, that's bullshit. Indians. No, that, that's fucking stupid. Whoever said they're well, Indian, this was this was a, he was an an Indian apparently, but obviously not. No, they're you're saying they're not called natives. They're they're Indians. They're natives. They're not like. But, but that's what I told him. I said they are native to this land. I native mean, Native Americans. It's a play on words, but Native Americans are a lot less are are is a lot less offensive than Indians. Indians. Is a Spaniard or whatever he was fucking up and thinking he was in India. Native Americans is saying this is America. Now that we have right, found this, but they're America, saying, yeah, this wasn't America at the time. So they're not me, Native Americans. You give me that person and let me talk to them. They're American now because we came over here and made this America. So, but they're not fucking Indians because that means they were from India. Well, so what are they then? You know what I mean? They're not fucking yeah. Indian. Like that. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, I don't know. Whoever whoever told Sideways. you that? What, what, what's his? What's their name? I'm not allowed to. I, I have to go find the post. I can't even remember what we were talking. Whoever about. posted. Oh, it was that. Uh, it was a post that uh, Fleming had posted about um, building the wall down in Arizona. They were blowing up uh, Native American burial grounds. Yeah, burial grounds. So. And who? Whoever, it was on that post. I can't remember. Whoever it commented on Fleming Moore's post about Native American burial grounds, you're a fucking retard. All right, for it to you. Yeah, I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna call you a retard. And I say that because I I don't um I don't I don't use that word lightly. Um, only because special needs people should never be picked on or called that name. I mean, in every sense of the '90s use of it, you are just fucking stupid. Your brain, your has brain, retarded. your brain has slowed down. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not gonna ask you to cut that. I stand by that statement. You keep that right in there. <laughs> I don't cut anything. Yeah, I know. Um, um, you signed a waiver. Yeah, and I don't say I don't say that word a lot. So don't. So anybody who hears that, get offended because I literally mean that. Somebody who rather some somebody who says they're Native American and then goes, but we are called Indians is fucking stupid, and they need to go drink Clorox. Ooh, that's how you get rid of the coronavirus. I heard. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so your guy Yang is out. So what are you going to do now? I'm gonna, Besides, wait for 2024. I'm gonna research, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna genuinely 
I'm going to genuinely, I'm going to listen to Joe Rogan and Bernie Sanders. I haven't listened to that podcast yet. I'm going to genuinely try to feel the burn. And that's the most authentic. I mean, you listen to Joe's talk about it all the time. Long, Just like we're doing now, long-form conversation. If you and I had just had this uh, religious conversation in, in 10 minutes, it wouldn't have been anything like it's going to be in, in that hour and 15 minutes that we did. We learned a lot more. We were able to open up and expand on ideas and in our thought processes the same way that, that Bernie was on Joe Rogan's podcast. I mean, you're not, you're not getting a five- or an eight-minute or a ten-minute clip off of uh, Meet the Press or Fox News or whatever. You're getting a long-form conversation where you really get to know the guy versus just what you see on clips on news or on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, and that's what I love about podcasts is yeah. you get to flesh out the ideas and see who people really are and get through the bullshit as well. And the cool thing about a podcast is just like a movie, man. You're not going to miss anything if you put pause. You can hit pause and come back. Like, Yeah, I mean, most people I mean? consume podcasts, I think I've, I've read in... 23-minute chunks or something. So, yeah, yeah you got a three-hour Rogan podcast. You're not listening to all three hours. You're breaking it up on your 20-minute exactly. ride into work, your 20-minute ride back from work, your yeah. 10 minutes that you so, got. So, I think – I think so let's, let's do this. Politics and media. I think we should stop watching the news. I think we should stop reading articles until each article has at least – 10 references. You remember in college when you had to write you had to write a paper and you had to have like 18 references of both like right. that's I, I think, think just the opposite. I think we need to read articles and not just look at headlines. Yeah, I mean yes, read articles. What I mean though is Right, but get I don't think fake news is 10 articles article. on the same subject and and put them all together and make it yeah. an informed decision. So like if I'm reading excuse me. So like let's go non-political, right? Let's go pop culture. Um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. It was Johnny Depp lost all of his movie. I mean, maybe you know, maybe you don't know. Um, it was a Me Too. It was a, it was a Mean Too movement where Amber Heard said Johnny Depp abused her. Okay. And he lost everything, whatever. But well, now footage is leaked that Amber Heard was actually the abuser, right? So media outlet when she was the abusee, everything, the news. This, that, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm talking about every fucking 30 seconds I saw something about Amber Heard getting abused by Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's one of my heroes, by the way. That'd be like me hearing Robert Downey Jr. shooting up heroin again. It would just crush me. Mm-hmm. And it did crush me. I was like, wow. But Johnny Depp, he's a woman abuser, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then years later, not months later, years later, finding out that he never did that shit and nobody's sticking up for him or not a lot of people are. Right. Get the fuck out of here. Same thing comes with our political candidates. It's like, I didn't start seeing a lot of shit about Yang until Yang was already a loser. You know what I mean? Like, until it was too late. Oh, um, we always like the, the trauma story more than the success story. Well, and it's not even that. It's it's like, he's he started, he became a pop culture icon. I mean, Dave Chappelle backed him. You know, I mean, Dave Chappelle backed Obama. Damn, we did it again. Did it just cut off? It's a beep, 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 beep. What the fuck is going on? Keep going, man. We got we still got audio going. Oh, still got audio. I, I just yeah, if the video goes out, I just put a little uh, thing in there. Fill fill in the space on YouTube. It's not a big deal. You should take a like a video whenever you figure it out. You should take a video <laughs> of me of like doing something really crazy and put that in there while I'm talking. Yeah. So then so yeah, it's like a little cutaway. So every time you cut away, um, mm-hmm. instead of it being like, wah, 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 you can be like. 
Send me something. I'll put it in there. Yeah. No, I mean, I just literally like, like me doing like the, the the turtle shuffle or something. Yeah, I don't know what this fucking thing is. It's pissing me off is what it's doing. But and back. We'll be right back after these messages. No, oh, we, and we're we, back. We've been here. We just had <laughs> nobody could see us. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I'm sure they don't want to look at me when they if they if they go and watch this on YouTube instead of listening on a podcast, uh, which I'm going to share the YouTube video. Probably, like, man, he looks rough to have a new car because the windows <laughs> were down, bitches. That's right. Um. So, what'd you get, by the way? Oh, uh, dude, a uh, Kia Kia Optima. It yeah, looks, dude, it looks sporty as fuck too. I love Kias, man. Hondas. Um, All right. Well, yeah. You know, I was being. I was trying to be responsible about it. When we get into the drug portion, um. So like last thing I was. We're we're two hours and twenty nine minutes in. So let's. Well, uh, the drug portion is gonna be short. Yeah, let's let's. Uh, um. Start wrapping up. Might have to do a second one. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. Last thing on politics, really, just look at your candidates and understand that no matter who gets elected, we don't have to agree with their policies. We don't have to agree with what they do, but as they are president. Just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up. I don't care that Donald Trump is a fucking idiot. I don't care that he's making fun of people. Like, I do care, but it's like, why bring the world down? We all know it. It's all there. Like, shut the fuck up. Just just let it be until we can make the change. But guess what? Trying to impeach him didn't work. Trying to do this didn't work. So, obviously, the only thing that's going to work is voting him out of office. And if we can't do that, then we got four more years and then his ass is gone. Then we don't have to worry about anything. So, yeah. just hold on. Just shut the fuck up and stay in your lane. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, that's not endorsing or not endorsing him as a candidate. I'm just saying, like, if he wins, like, shut the fuck up. Right. Like, just like I asked everybody yeah. to do if Obama won. When Obama won, I was like, if you don't like Obama, shut the fuck up. He's, he's, he's going to be gone eventually. Yeah. Eight years, bro. Four years. What did Obama get done in eight years? What is Trump going to get done in eight years? And I'm not endorsing this, but if somebody really wants him gone, there's other ways to do it. <laughs> right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And so, I really... Nobody like, apparently nobody dislikes him enough. Because I really can't believe that hadn't happened, to be honest with you. At least an attempt. Factual. At least an attempt. Yeah, factual. Yeah. But, cause I think, and maybe it has. We just don't, haven't heard about it. No, we would have heard about it. He would have been on Twitter being like, I'm the greatest president oh, yeah. ever. I missed you a fucking bullet. Yeah. yeah. I'm a mortal. <laughs> I found yeah. out what happened. <coughs> I, I didn't format this card before, so there was already video on it. So that's why I didn't. Because uh, this should have lasted like an hour and a half as well, but I forgot to format it. So it had uh, had files on there already, so it was already fucking full. Fun fact. Uh, the band, Fun, that had that song, Tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's on the, used to be called a band called The Format. Oh, had really? A, had an album called Dog Days. You should look it up. It has a song called Snail. One of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, so on to the drugs. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. All right, let's do it. Um, I am... And I'll tell you a story off camera. But yeah. <laughs> I am Corey Tate. I am a recovering cocaine addict um, and alcoholic. Um, alcohol is my trigger for using cocaine. In the last six years, seven years of my life, I've not gone more than 30 days without alcohol or cocaine. Um, until recently. In the last how long, I'm sorry? Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Um, from 20, like right before I turned 20, to now. Um, well, I'm listening. I got to write something down so I don't fuck this up when I try and put this together later. Oh, yeah, because you got to do audio and, yeah, go ahead. and video. Um, it's been a crazy ride. 
<clears throat> I've had a lot of people in my corner that have wanted me to succeed, and I've just shit on them. And I've had a lot of people in my corner who wanted to feed my addiction, and I just shit on them. And so, what drugs and alcohol do to you? Um, do I think people can do illicit drugs healthily? Anything harder than weed? No. I I think it all should be legal. And my reason being is that was going to be a, I was going to ask you that question. Yeah, I think every drug should be legal. The reason that being is you should not control what somebody else wants to do. I think doing those drugs will cause people to do illegal things that will then in turn make them incarcerated. Um, but but do you think you're putting other citizens' lives in jeopardy or in in peril possibly from them doing those illegal drugs and maybe causing a problem that causes them to get incarcerated, you know, can we just nick that in the bud if we don't have, if we make drugs illegal? So you're always going to have drugs and you're always going to have people who do drugs right. and you're always going to have, and, and you're always going to have people. My view on it is if we make drugs legal. I mean, I'm with you. I, I yeah. think they should all be legal. I'm just doing the counter argument. But. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> I'll put it this way. Let me get some sweet tea. And again, I've asked you a question that kind of took you off of your thought, but no, no, I think drugs should be legal <clears throat> all the way around. Because a, I think we stop demonizing less people will do them. I really, truly do. I think if we if we adequately acknowledge that there are drugs, acknowledge what they do to us, make it easier to talk about them, I think less people will want to do them. Like, when I go and talk to a 17-year-old, I'm like, yo, dude, so Coke will keep you up all night. It makes you feel like you've got your whole world in the palm of your hands. But then when it's done, you ain't in bed and you want to slit your wrist. Me saying that is going to make them less likely to want to do Coke. You know I mean? But me just demonizing it and be like, Coke's bad for you. Coke's bad for you. And then when they do it the first time and they realize, no, nah, dude, it fucking feels great your first couple times. Right. Well, let's put it into perspective, too. I mean, I'm going to check this camera angle. Just make sure it's all right. But just um, just the way that the system is right now, right? I mean, you got 12 states that are fully legal. I think it's 12 now uh, for, for weed, for marijuana. Uh, it's not legal here in South Carolina. Well, if I go to Vegas, guess what I'm doing? I'm getting as much fucking edibles and weed as I can, you know, if I'm inclined to do marijuana. But I'm going over there and I'm indulging because I can't get it here. So if I could get it here, I probably wouldn't consume that much you know what i'm saying it's same thing if if i go to vegas i and um i want some hookers they got free you know not free but legal brothels there free hookers so you know i'm gonna go over there and get some sex which i you know (coughs) it's taboo i can't get it here but if i if i could get it here it wouldn't be that big of a deal does that make sense i mean it's kind of along the same lines right if you make it opened up to everybody it's not that taboo anymore i think everybody's gonna do it regardless yeah um you're gonna have people just get on my soapbox while you're off we're off the mic. You're gonna have people that are gonna do drugs, um, they're gonna sell their body, they're gonna do porn, they're gonna do all these taboo things regardless. Right. But I guarantee you, if you ask those people, majority of those people who get addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, addicted to all um addicted to sex, addicted to all that stuff, a lot of them will tell you it was demonized in their life. A lot of them will. Right. My dad my dad was an alcoholic. And it, it's never that my dad sat me down and was like, this is why 
you shouldn't want to do alcohol. It was always like I either saw my dad be a raging alcoholic and it made me not want to do it because I didn't want to be that person or it made it okay, but nobody told him that that wasn't okay. So it's about sending people down and like safe injection sites. Like I would rather somebody go to a safe injection site where they have a nurse give them the amount of heroin or meth or cocaine or whatever they need to do to feel okay than for some junkie to die in a bathroom right. at a fucking 7-Eleven. Well, that's the other part of it, right, is regulation. I mean, if we if, it, if we make it all legal, then we can regulate it and make sure people are getting the right doses. You know, where you're not going out on the street, you go to this corner and you get some jacked up stuff that's cut with something fucking weird and you go over here, you get some pure cocaine. That's two different experiences you're going to have. Only way, the only way drug dealers would even come back is if they created some sort of synthetic or some new drug that you can't that the government won't allow right. to have, and then you know what you do, which is exactly what will happen. Well, no, then the government will just legalize that one, and then right once like, they find it, what you do is you take all these. So first of all, drug dealers are great salesmen. Um, so what do you, so what do you do? You legalize all drugs, right? Then all those drug dealers are going to be out of a job, right? What do you do? You make them salesmen. You open up government shops. You bring those people on. Every everyone. Which my I'm friends, sure all the weed stores are run by people that used to sell used illegal to be weed. Fucking weed weed dealers. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly because who's going to know cocaine the best? Somebody who's never picked it up a day in their life and like goes to a factory and like looks at, it? or somebody who's been selling cocaine for the last twenty years of their life. So bam, jobs are made. Right? You're taking criminals and you're giving them. Because what I've found is if you give somebody an opportunity to do good, you give somebody an opportunity to be legit, be. I know a lot of drug dealers. Mm-hmm. Most of them aren't bad people. Most of them genuinely are just good people who don't know any other way to make money. Or they have the sickness themselves. They like to indulge themselves, and the only way they can afford it is if they sell it to other people. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a sickness. I don't think anyone can do heroin normally. I don't think anyone can do meth normally. It's just the drug doesn't allow you to have a normal life. What about like, uh, you know, the, the big buzzword right now is microdosing. What about microdosing with heroin? We already do. But the thing so about heroin, think with opiates, but the thing about heroin and meth is it makes you want to do more. Same thing with coke. It physically makes you want to do more. So what we do is we make it legal, right? First step, legalize it. Second step, control it. Make it not as powerful, right? Um, make it more powerful than the shit you could get on the street. Not as powerful. Because if you regulate it, right? Like concern is regulating cocaine pill for ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. You regulate that. Then people can functionally use it. And oh, but therein lies the problem. Well. Because they've already got Concerta. They don't want they don't want you taking that profit from the drug company. Well, you won't, though. What I'm saying is if you legalize these these drugs, and you, like, I mean, my, my plan isn't, like, foolproof. But essentially, it, it, it just cuts down a lot of stuff. <laughs> or maybe just not demonize it. Maybe not even legalize it, but just have safe injection sites. Have places where you won't go to jail if you walk in and you say, I want to shoot up right now, but I like I don't want to die. Right. And, and, they, and you mean like they stay there in a room or something? Or, yeah, yeah. Or they get an injection and you release them out no, in the you streets? Them, no, you, you, sit, you sit in a chair and they inject you and you ride So it. like an opioid den or something like that kind of thing. Canada already has them, man. If you want to check out what they really are, yeah. Canada already has them. And like... I don't think it's going to solve the opioid epidemic, but I think it's going to save a lot of lives. 
Or it's like even doing ayahuasca and shit like that. I mean, you go to an actual shaman and you sit in their protection in their little tent and they guide you through the experience. Kind of similar thing. Acid, dude. You have a lot of people that wouldn't go as crazy on acid if you had acid guides. Yeah. So what you do, you you give people safe places to experience these drugs and they're either going to experience it once and never want to do it again or they're going to have a safe place to experience it. And then it becomes like a bar or whatever. We're not doing it in our house you know what I mean? And yes, you're still going to have those people. It's no, Nothing is ever foolproof. You're still going to have addicts. Right. Doesn't agree with everybody. Everybody's chemical makeup. But I can different. tell you right now, I've done heroin. I've done heroin. I'll admit it. In front of God and everybody. Done heroin. Never shot it up. But I've smoked heroin and I've snorted heroin. And guess what? Never got addicted to heroin. I've taken pain pills. Never got addicted to pain pills. Yeah. I've, I've shot up <clears throat> methamphetamines when I was 22 years old. Never got addicted to meth. Smoked meth when I was 22 years old. Never never was a problem for me. But you put cocaine right here right now, I would be high as a kite. You wouldn't be able to, be able to stop me unless I walked out the room. And that's just the weird thing about it is not everybody's going to get addicted to everything. So, Well, some people just have addictive personalities. Yeah. Well, not only that, but I'm just saying like heroin, like an, an addicted heroin user, is like heroin's bad. Meth is bad. Cocaine is bad. We can agree on these things. You legalize them, you give them a safe place to use it, then what you do is you, you just stop people from dying from it. You know what I mean? And then you educate people when they come. They come to these centers and you shoot them and you go, okay, now that you're here, you have to you have to ride your high out here. Yeah. Time to educate you on what you're going through right now. Right. And then education is part of the process of recovery. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't have a shot if I wasn't educated. Like, if people didn't start telling me what was going on in my body and why I was feeling the way I was feeling... Every time that I've had a freak out after using just a little bit, people weren't telling me, yeah, dude, you're getting to the point where if you use again, you're going to die. I wouldn't have given it up. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing about it, the education portion. <coughs> I think recovery, what lies in recovery is realizing all this taboo shit that we've talked about tonight isn't taboo. We as people are just afraid to talk about it. Because of how we feel about it. But we don't realize that having the conversation will save more lives than not. Because there's people out there that are dealing with things that you will never, ever, ever believe. And you could save them by simply just being like, what's going on in your life? And meaning it. You will save a billion lives by looking somebody in the eyes and going, how do you feel today? What's going on in your lives? Let's stop demonizing little boys having feelings. Let's stop demonizing little girls wanting to be tough and tomboys. Let's stop demonizing drugs and alcohol. And But let's stop promoting it too. Let's stop glorifying alcohol on the Super Bowl. They wouldn't put one commercial about legal marijuana. But they put 10 20. Bud Light, Miller Light. Yeah. Coors Light. Alcohol, Jim Beam. Whatever. Commercials a day. A day I see on basic cable. Mm -hmm. Or watching a YouTube video. Even watching this video, who knows what what ad they're going to put on before somebody clicks on your video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, If you monetize it or however they do that. 
could be. I've seen a lot of videos about recovery, and and the video before it was like Jim Beam, you know, brood, blah 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 blah. And I'm like, wow, right before you yeah, know, what I mean? doesn't make any sense. Well, that's legal because it's a drug just like any other drug, and it's probably wor- a worse drug, I think, oh, than marijuana. No. Alcohol is definitely the gateway drug. Um, alcohol is the gateway drug because you know what? Alcohol lowers our inhibitions. It makes us do things we wouldn't normally do, and it chemically changes our brains. Well, I think it makes you do things. Most people do things that they really want to do. Yeah, inhibitions. It lowers your inhibitions. Yeah. Um, but it, but what I'm saying is, it make it makes you do things that consciously who you are as a conscious person would never do. Right. Makes you cheat on your wife. Makes you snort a light off a hooker's ass. Makes you spend three hundred dollars that you weren't going to spend. Makes you do all those things because it seems like a great idea. I've had some pretty awesome ideas while stoned. Yeah. I'll tell you that. None of them involved hookers and blow. <laughs> a lot of them involved the different ways that I could do nachos with Doritos. Okay. A lot of them. Actually, most of them involve food when I'm stoned. Um, some of them involve music. Some of them involve nature. Um, the, the ever casual involves partying. But typically, it's more of a kickback party. It's more of like a... Whoa, man, let's chat. Like, if I could smoke weed right now, I would. Yeah. Um, in, in my recovery, I am not there. Um, I can say weed was never an addiction for me. I probably smoked maybe a quarter a month, which as, you know, as most marijuana users would say, that's not a lot. Not a lot at all. A quarter of a pound a month is about an eighth a week, which is about $30 worth of marijuana a week. Yeah. Most people spend that in a night at a bar. Oh, easily, yeah. Most people... I work at a bar. Most I people, see the money those yeah, people spend. Most people would smoke 3.5 grams of weed in three blunts. Hmm. You know what I mean? So obviously that wasn't an addiction for me. Um, right now I'm having to come to the terms of what addiction is and what could be a trigger. And the way my boss puts it is when you're trying to fix a problem, you don't change everything all at once. You change one thing if you're trying to fix a problem. Well, recovery is the exact opposite. You change everything all at once. And then you allow yourself different things gradually come back to you. Um, but any mind-altering substance isn't allowed. <clears throat> so, there's this thing called Cali Sober, which is where people, because alcohol is what I'm trying to stay sober from. Cocaine is what I'm trying to stay sober from. Marijuana is not. I don't think I have a problem with that. But living in an Oxford home, I have to be sober. Completely sober. I cannot pee dirty for anything. Can't even use CBD, which is not illegal. Can't use Kratom, which is not illegal. Um, You have to be pee clean. I respect that. I respect the laws of the house. And it is a great way to keep people sober. Well, here's the thing I've never understood, just speaking about you have to be clean from everything, is, you know, it's TV shows. And I've been to AA AA meetings and NA meetings and Al-Anon and different things uh, growing up. But any meeting you go to, and maybe it's the same at this Oxford house, people are smoking like chimneys. They got a coffee pot going at all times. So they're getting their caffeine. They're getting their nicotine. Why are those substances allowed when you're trying to kick addictions and they're just allowing you these other addictions caffeine is a drug nicotine is a drug it's the lesser of two evils 
Because eventually, if you're really about recovery, you'll like, I, you know me, I used to chew tobacco. 15 days in recovery, I put a can of dip down, haven't picked it back up. Yeah. It just, it's eventually like you get the concept of recovery and then you pick and choose what's allowed in your life. Caffeine. I drink coffee now. I drink, I never drank coffee before. Now I drink a lot of coffee and I eat more sugar than I used to. But it's like, what's worse? Me having a couple Twinkies a week or me snorting five grams of Coke a week? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because complete abstinence of everything in your life makes for a dull person. And recovery is not about abstaining from life. It's about not harming your life. So these programs that you talk about, which I um, <clears throat> one of one of the traditions is uh, uh, anonymity on radio and all the other good stuff. Um, I personally go to meetings. I, I personally am, am an AA, NACA advocate. Well, I didn't know before you came in here if that was maybe even the reason that you found religion was because of those programs. Because I know they're very religious based. They're but. spiritual based, but yeah. So I'm not. I don't want to harp on those programs because I'm not quite sure if I'm in. Um, in there's like twelve traditions, twelve steps. You know, blah blah. blah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm breaking one of the traditions because one of the traditions does state keep anonymity as it comes to the press, movies, all that stuff. And I don't know if that means like other. I'm pretty sure it's other people's anonymity. Yeah, I mean, I got I listen to a guy named Theo Vaughn all the time, and he's he's a recovering addict, and he talks about it all the time, and he's he's the same thing. He's like, I don't even know if I should be talking about this, but I got to go to a meeting, and he talks about AA. All Dude, the time. I didn't know Theo Vaughn was sober. That actually makes me happy because he's a comedian, and oh yeah, um, I love I love his comedy. Yeah, and I would love to hear more about his sobriety. So what I love is hearing about his sobriety, dude. I didn't know Theo Vaughn. I'm, I'm like I'm just getting into listening to podcasts. Yeah. And the, um, him and Joe Rogan are my two. That's really the only I, thing listened I listened to Joe to. Rogan before his podcast got popular. Just yeah. Joe Rogan as a, as an individual. Theo's been on there three times now, I think. So listen Theo to his Vaughn podcast with Vaughn Theo Vaughn, and he talks about his sobriety and. Um, I think he even abstains from masturbating. I mean, that's how far he goes. No. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, that's not a part of the program. I actually, yeah. um, I go I go to a counselor, and he tells me um, he calls it the dark arts. No, dude. Uh, so Theo is a hardcore recovery person, which is fine. Yeah. Um, they, being in recovery is just like having religion. It's different. There's different ways. There's only a few things that you have to do. Uh, Twelve steps to recovery, or a thing you have to do. If you don't work the steps, you don't you don't recover. That's just that's just part of it. It's just proven. It's proven. Mm-hmm. If you don't read the book and you don't work the steps, you don't recover. Um, but the masturbation thing, no fuck no. Um, I don't masturbate as much as I used to. I'll tell you that. Like, I actually masturbate less now that I'm that I'm off all these drugs than I did. Like when I was doing coke, I was masturbating like three times a day. Like yeah. I could not. Um, and then and then with the sex part, I was I was trying every which way to get any girl I could into my room to fuck. Like it was just it was a, just a de- deplorable person. And and I'm not saying that to demonize sexuality. If you want to have sex, have sex. Sure. If you want to have sex with multiple partners, have sex with multiple partners. But know why you're there, and that's not me. My inner, my inner personality, my inner Corey has never been someone who, someone who wants to sleep with forty billion different people. Mm-hmm. Um, my addiction made me that. Right. Um, so looking now into the sex and the masturbation, my my counselor says the three M's: go to meetings, make sure you meditate, make sure you masturbate. Yeah. Um, he says like 
Because I personally am not um, one of my one of my things is I'm not supposed to get in a romantic relationship for my first year of recovery. Yeah. Um, lucky for me, uh, nobody wants to date me. So <laughs> lucky for me, I don't have to really worry about it. Now, is there a lot of uh, relationships that happen, you know, at this Oxford house or whatever? I mean, I'm sure it's co-ed. Uh, this one's not. Mine, oh, it's mine not. is a mint. Okay. There are co-eds. There are family Which it doesn't have to be co-ed. I mean, it could be there are family. fall in love with a man, I guess. But. Well, you know, they don't really ask about sexual orientation, but yeah. Um, dude, you know what? It's, it's to each their own. There aren't rules. That's the cool thing about recovery. There are no rules. you got to work your own program. The only three things that they tell you you have to do is you have to abstain from mind-altering substances, um, and that's your personal recovery. Um, you have to abstain from, if you're living in an Oxford home, you have to abstain from all substances that pop on a on a P test. Yeah. Um, and they only say don't do kratom and don't do CBD because in high doses it can show up on a P test. Mm. Um, and they would rather you. I mean, there, there's certain like like uh, GBH or GHB or whatever, which is illegal. Um, it's a it's a growth hormone. Um, it's known as a date rape drug now, but it, it used to be for weightlifters and it was a growth hormone. Um, that you would like, you can get shredded because it, it would knock you out. And HGH, right? Human growth hormone? Is that some, what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, HGH, no, GHB, something like that. Yeah. Whatever. Um, even some, even some statoids and some like over the counter, like, like I have to be really careful what I put in my body whenever I go to work out. Yeah. Um, because if I pop on a P test, I'm out, whether it's illegal or not. Yeah, the same thing in the military. There was some substances you want to stay away from, or not substances, but um, and all it is, supplements. And all it is is a structured environment <clears throat> that is um, that is centered around taking people who had no shot at hell and being sober and showing them how to live a normal life, how to regain their life, and how to get ready to be sober. Oxford houses aren't meant to be lived in forever. They're essentially halfway houses. Yeah. They're halfway houses. Um, some people go in. I'm lucky. I go in with a full job. I was homeless. How I got in there? Um, I got sober and I was living with um, people who weren't sober, and it became a tough situation to live in. There became an altercation. The altercation got physical, and at that point, I did not feel comfortable going back to the house. Yeah. So I was homeless. So I was sleeping on a friend's couch for a couple of days. Um, God bless them. Recovering from a rib injury from the altercation. And I found out what sober home living was. And it just spoke to me. And now I live with these guys who genuinely care if I stay sober. And that's amazing. And I don't think anybody else in the world has that. I don't think anybody else can say they live with their roommate and their roommate genuinely gives a shit about them. Yeah. Or about, I mean, maybe. But, so I'm all for Oxford Houses. And just um, another shameless plug. Um which I will come back and we'll do another show. Yeah, I was going to say, let's kind of tie this up to, to yeah. a little, little bow and we'll come back to it if you want. Because I know you want to play a couple of tunes too, right? Or do, uh, are you still I can save that? The, My voice is kind of rough. Okay. I can probably cool. save, the, save the tunes for next time. Um, but just short, quickly, um, check out Oxford Homes. Check out what they do. Um, in the coming months, check out my Facebook page. It's uh, Corey Tate Music on Facebook. Corey Tate Music. And I always link those in the uh, descriptions on the show too. Perfect. So all, perfect. Your, all your Instagram and websites yeah. and all that stuff. And um, my 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 new goal now, when I find time, is I want to get a music, um, a music, not festival, but music day together 
Yeah, so your where all proceeds are going to go to Oxford Home. So they're trying to send 10, 10 delegates to Worlds, which is like a giant conference, where it's all sober people who live in Oxford Homes come together and learn more about how to efficiently run and manage and how to expand the network. Um, our goal is to buy another Oxford Home and create 7 to 10 more safe beds for recovering addicts to live in. And it's not, a, it's not like they live for free. Oxford Homes are ran by the people who live in them. Democratically, they pay their rent. And if they get too far in the red, Oxford kicks everybody out, bails them out, and gets seven, ten new people in. And then the president is responsible for making sure the house doesn't get in the red. Right. And then you guys are responsible for, I mean, your own food, your cleanup, uh, uh, maintenance, all, all that yeah, kind of we're, stuff? Yeah, we're responsible for all that. We pay for all maintenance. We pay for our electricity, our water, okay. all that good stuff. Um, sometimes food, we do get food donations from, from um, food banks. Um, which is genuinely because a lot of people going to Oxford Homes don't necessarily have all the extra funds to provide food for themselves. And, oh, yeah, it's a socialist and, program. Yeah, and food is and food is a necessity of life. Um, but that's it. They don't pay for our electricity. They don't pay our rent. They give us every every so often we can go to the food bank. Yeah, and they will give us a donation amount. Um, and it is because we are a charitable nonprofit organization. Um, and the people who live in the homes are that. Um, so uh, next show, I'll get more information on that. We'll try to do another show before I do the, yeah, uh, we'll promote that, you know, promote that, do that. Talk um, about the artists that are I would signed love, up for it. I, I would love to possibly have you on scene if we're able to pack this up and try to. Oh, I can go mobile. Yeah. If you can go mobile, that would be awesome to do a mobile podcast of the day. Maybe get different recovering people on, on your podcast that day. Get a bunch of different people. Just some thoughts. You know what I mean? We'll talk more about that off camera. Sure. Enough, enough, um. But all I want to say, my final, my final <laughs> retorts, my final thing is don't listen to this whole motherfucking thing at one time. <laughs> um, if you can cut this and put this at the beginning, <laughs> uh, cut that one little note right there and put it at the beginning. Right? Don't listen to this yeah, whole motherfucking well, thing. I usually do an intro for whenever I have a guest, I'll do an intro for the audio portion, not the YouTube, but the, the audio portion will have an intro explaining who I'm talking to and what we talked about a little bit. Put that in your audio. Don't listen to this whole motherfucker yeah. at once. It's a lot of info that we covered, and we we both have very analytical minds. Um, I think we both conversate very similarly. Um, so the five things I'm going to leave you with. All right. Go research what an Oxford home is. If you are lucky enough not to have an addict or an alcoholic in your life, thank your lucky stars you are. If you're lucky enough to have an addict or an alcoholic in your life, Love them just like you would if they weren't because they need that. Four things, support your local musicians and your local musicians' um, charities. And the final fifth thing is rock the vote, man. Like, even if you don't think it doesn't matter, find a candidate you can back. Vote until they're not a candidate anymore and then reassess the situation. You know what I mean? Like, if Bernie loses out and for some fucking reason Joe Biden's up there, Reassess the situation. Is he, you know, I mean, is he worth voting for? And if he's not, well, yeah, pick pick the lesser of the two evils. <clears throat> that's what people. That's what I was about to say. Is people normally pick the lesser of two evils? Just the way it works out nowadays. But yeah, fuck, dude, Joe Biden would be so good if he had Obama as his vice president. They would get in so easy. That would be they cool. would get it. Nah, they would get in so easy. He could run his <laughs> whole campaign yeah. off of 
Um, Obama's my vice president, and as soon as I get in... That's all he talks about, his whole campaign, is Obama this, Obama that. All I'm saying is, I know we're ending it, but like, Joe Biden, if you're out there and you're listening, go ahead and say Obama's your vice president, and tell tell everybody as soon as you get in office, you're resigning. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. He he didn't even stick around in New Hampshire (laughs) for his fucking voters up there, man. He fucking bolted. Yeah. But, anyway... That's a good note to wrap it up. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, man. It was um, fun. We talked yeah. about a lot of good stuff. Probably the longest one I've done in a while, actually. I can't wait to re-listen to myself talk. Yeah. If you can just cut out I re-listen to it as I put it together, yeah, so it's if fun. You can, um, if you can just cut out all your parts. Okay. Great. All right. I'll just listen to myself I'll send talk. you separate audio. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thank all you. All right, Corey. I appreciate it, man. We'll get together again. Thank you, sir. All right, buddy. All right.